Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsburg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asked the question, Xavi, did Carly and Jimmy's love die so that you and I could be here together on this podcast? Is that what happened? <laughs> that is the cycle of death and rebirth that, uh, you know, that the that's just the way of the universe. Easter every day of the week here on the BOH pod. <laughs> My name is Max Quinn, uh, sipping one of Melbourne's finest Kofis. Is that how it's pronounced? Is that, is that what it is? Kofi? It's this guy named Kofi Anon I've been <laughs> sipping. Yeah, yeah. I've only been sipping on the QAnon. So, oh, we've, um, yeah, we got a lot happening here on the BOH pod. We have so much to break down from the last couple of episodes. Max Quinn here, Xavier Retsky Noonan over there. Hi, Xavier. Hello. I just want to make it clear for any new listeners not a QAnon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, instead, we are here to talk about The Bachelor, the two most recent episodes of The Bachelor Australia. Break it all down for you. We need help, though. And this week... <laughs> Just psychological help? Or... Uh, look, yeah. all kinds of help. We have brought in a ringer, a superstar uh, of, of Bachelor lore. You may know her from her appearances in Frozen. Uh, you might have caught her as Snow White at some point along the line. Also, two seasons of The Bachelor. Listeners, please say a huge Bachelor of Hearts hello to Janie Burks. Hi, Janie. Hello. I'm so happy to be here, you guys. I've, Welcome back. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's amazing to be back. I listen all the time and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Thank you. It feels yeah, like look, we love having you. a billion years since you were last on the show because of the the time that we have all been having and the times <laughs> that we've been living through. How are you going? Yes. Are you are you coping? Yes, I am very lucky that I'm in Brisbane, which uh, uh, so far we've been doing pretty good. Every now and again, a snap lockdown, um, but uh, nothing too severe at the moment. So for everyone else, um, sorry and... Luckily, we have The Bachelor happening. Yay. Thank <laughs> goodness. And what an insane week it was. For mm. I mean, the show that asked the question, what the fuck? Why did he do that at the end of the mm. second episode? Mm. I, I have so many questions about why Jimmy decided not to bring Carly to the final three. I know we will get there, but I just want to sort of get something off my chest up the top. Mm. Big mistake. That's it. That's all I want to say. Big yeah. mistake. It was a whoopsie. I'll say it. <laughs> I, I don't mind throwing I mean, it out there. 
She is amazing. I've thought that from the very first episode mm. that she's amazing, but uh, I didn't think that he was going to choose her. And I also kind of thought for her sake, I hope that he didn't, mm. not in a super bad way, but just, I don't know. I feel like there's someone else out there for Carly. Yeah. I mean, in the super bad way, you want Carly to end up with McLovin, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really natural yeah, fit. Super bad. Oh my gosh. I was like, wait, who's that? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked I liked uh, your hot tip for potential bachelorette in the future. I would I would like that for her. Mm. You know, a lot of people have been saying that. A lot of people have been talking about mm. how, um, you know, this. Uh, it's funny to me that I don't I don't you know uh, social media has been um, coming alive with the speculation that she might make a great bachelorette in future. I can't imagine mm -hmm. them doing that, particularly where the series yeah. is at the moment, um, despite mm. the fact that. You know, it feels like she would be a great bachelorette this week. And this episode was very shocking. I do feel like when it comes to bachelorette season, like a year plus from now, um, I am sorry to say that I don't know if everyone will still be thinking about it. And I have a feeling that if they're trying to do another season of bachelorette next year, they're going to want someone who's big and famous to get people to watch the TV. Right. I can't mm. imagine them picking someone from a previous batchy season at this point. Unfortunately, I feel cynical saying this. No, that that actually does make perfect sense. But I think, yeah, it's just that that she does give such Georgia Love vibes. Mm. But we forget that we didn't know that Georgia Love gave Georgia Love vibes. <laughs> That's true. Until we met her, so yeah, they've kind of maybe been there, done that as well. I guess. Mm. Yeah, they're probably gonna pick another famous person. And Bachelorette season two with Georgia Love. I'm looking at my big graph right now. <laughs> it didn't rate the way that, like, you know, uh, Sophie Monk or who. I mean, mm. how could you compete? But, you know, it's, <laughs> True. I feel like, uh, you know, they're in a dark place right now and they're probably going to make uh, a less uh, adventurous choice than that, in my opinion. I don't know. We'll have to see how this season goes with Brooke. I will say that the sentiment online surrounding Carly seems to be very positive. Yeah. If you look at the comments sections, this is the word that gets thrown around the most. It's classy. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting descriptor mm. for Carly, particularly in the context of, of, particularly I just think it means that she wasn't involved in any drama in the house. Whereas if, like the, if we look at the final three, we had Holly who had this weird beef with Steph. You have uh, Jacinta who might want to be Instagram famous, maybe dated The Bachelor. Who is he? What can we say <laughs> about that? Uh, and then also Brooke, who I have a oh, – oh, boy. Yeah. Maybe. There's a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Carly represents somewhat of a polarity from these women. And so for me it's sort of like I think we do this thing as fans where we say, oh, he sent her home forth out of kindness, you know, like where – um, he didn't want to have to bring her all the way to the final two and break her heart. I've seen this a little bit online as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. We do know that that's what happened to Brooke, right? Brooke Blurton got fourth and then revealed on her season uh, of Paradise that the Honey Badger told her at four that she was going to go home and then he was going to choose no one. It's really interesting. Mm. What I'm saying as this pertains to Carly, is that I think that she has the potential to be somewhat of a, uh, a a welcome return were the show to pursue her either for Paradise or for a 
hypothetical future bachelorette season if, for example, she gets TikTok famous between now and then. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got a lot to do here on the BOH pod. Xavi, we want to start with the news roundup. What do you got for us? All right. Just a couple of things I wanted to cover off this week. First of all, Bachelor Australia season four winner and Bachelor in Paradise Australia season two alum Alex Nation has welcomed a beautiful newborn baby. Mm. Earlier this week, the 30-year-old and her partner Carson Jory, not from the show, shared the news of the birth on Instagram, where she described the baby's entrance as intense and beautiful and added, we are so in love. The baby is now over a week old and is featured in three Instagram posts with each receiving several thousand likes. And I am not jealous of a baby. Uh, The kicker is this, though. The baby's name as chosen by the parents with no coercion from the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, is Maxwell Keegan Jory. I, yeah, would really just like to jump in at this time and say thanks to the nation. Mm. I think that that's really, really important for me to do off the top. I don't know to what extent my own intense and beautiful persona might have influenced their decision, but as a... Hmm, pseudo-scientific pseudo-influencer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that it's possible that I that I manifested this in some way. I imagine so, yeah. Without even knowing it, too. I, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we, uh, we're thrilled at this hat tip. Uh, Alex is clearly a big fan of the podcast. Mm. Um, I cannot wait for little Maxwell to meet what I am assuming will be their next better baby. Xavier, when the couple gives birth to that one. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, the, the second news item is just a small programming note. The forthcoming season seven of The Bachelorette Australia will not, as it often does, begin airing straight after The Bachelor finale. While The Bachelorette's premiere date has not yet been made public, we can confirm that the 7.30pm Wednesday and Thursday slots will be filled by a two-part series called Mirror Mirror on September 8th and 9th. We have no choice but to view this as an act of solidarity towards the Zaveheads, who will be using this time to celebrate my 29th birthday, presumably by watching favorite moments of past Bachelor seasons instead of whatever this Todd Sampson documentary show is. I have no idea. The past two years, The Bachelorette has begun airing after that one-week break. However, we can confirm this isn't the case either, as Channel 10 announced this week that the, the new craft show, Making It Australia, will premiere in the 7.30pm Wednesday slot on September 15th. So unless The Bachelorette shifts to a different day or a different time slot for the first time since it began, we are likely to be waiting a little while before it premieres. I, for one, am excited about the craft show. Me too. Yeah. It looks so fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> we will, I believe, still aim to release a Bachelor of Hearts podcast episode during this bye week. And uh, presumably beyond that, I don't know. We will definitely be keeping our eyes peeled for the commencement date of Brooke's upcoming season. Definitely talk about the craft show. I'm here for it. <laughs> Why don't we just do it? Yeah. Maybe we should just talk about the craft show. This is good. (laughs) Let's just branch out a little. Why not? Mm, Bachelor of Craft, Arts and Craft. Bachelor of Arts and Craft. Oh my God, I don't hate it at all. It's not bad. Yeah, it's it's actually quite, you know, it's probably better than the original title. 
<laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, yay. So the pod will live on even if the show does get canned, which I don't think it will really, right? Okay. No, I don't cool. either. <laughs> no, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, there has been a little bit of chat about like, are they just going to dump it or something? Um, there, It seems as though it remains to be finished. The the um, Bachelorette has not quite finished shooting. Yeah. Um, and Perth is in W. I'm sorry, Perth is in WA, of course. <laughs> Perth it is. is in WA. Well done. <laughs> as it always has been. Um, <laughs> Brooke is in Perth, <laughs> which is in WA. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tricky uh, finagling, you know, mm. what are they going to green screen the finale? It's hard to say. Um, so it might be a little while down the track. Yeah, no, I, I definitely thought they were going to have this season of The Bachelorette, but then people have been talking a lot about beyond that. They think the mm. future of the show is in danger. I'd, I'd like to think it's not, but mm. I'm saying yeah, that with I a agree question with mark. You. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's kind of how we're all, we're all sitting at the moment. Mm. Yeah. I would just say, you know, these these gambling companies that are, are placing wages on whether or not the show will end or not mm. are just taking your money because we have seen from the amount of extremely subtle sponsored content <laughs> that has been shoehorned into the show, we know from the way that the world is progressing into a space where I believe The Bachelor is the most streamed show on 10 play i think that that's true i don't know where i saw that but i have a, I have that a spot in my head that says well. that that's it's true. it's certainly be up there yeah that there are i would say enough reasons for this show to be continuing past a 7 30 wednesday time slot right you know right and, and winning ratings particularly in a year that realistically, we knew that they were going to lose to the Olympics. We didn't know they were going to lose to the farmer wants a wife. That's yeah. kind of where we are. Yeah, But I think you're right in that the uh, this is not a Bachelor or Bachelorette exclusive problem. This is like what is happening to broadcast television uh, hmm. in, in every area, basically. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the show adapts. I don't necessarily think that just stopping doing it will be the solution. Mm -hmm. um but yeah it really is <laughs> yeah i mean it, it doesn't help you get Keep doing the it is what i say <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this is the first year that i have uh watched the majority of it on 10 play instead of live in action i've se mm -hmm. seen some episodes live in action this week especially i've caught up but i felt so guilty seeing those ratings <laughs> as mm. if it was like <laughs> me personally like i'm i'm sorry i'm trying like yeah, <laughs> I like the idea that somebody at 10 players looking at them and being like, yes, we, okay. We only got 360,000 people watching episode three. If it had been 360,001 people watching, we would have been in the clear. I, I don't know why. I just really felt like it was, I'm like, no, we are watching. It's just, we're just watching it a little bit later and in our own yeah. time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Sticks. And if it moves more in that direction, fine. But. Yeah, people are watching differently. Revenue streams, the whole model is needing to be reinvented because the medium is aging out of relevance to a younger demographic. And that kind of is what it is. And we'll watch it in our own time. Thank you very yeah. much. Right. Maybe, you know, because it takes us a couple of days to do the podcast. So I imagine most of the people who are watching on Template, they don't, they don't worry about the live broadcast. They'll watch when the episode of our show comes <laughs> out, you know. Yeah. That's kind of it. And then you watch both at the same time. Right. <laughs> If you sync it up, it's like Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. We could do commentary tracks. Hey, Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of Oz. Let's circle it back. How's how's work, Janie? Oh. How is um being uh how's being a princess? Yes. Oh, true. Uh, it is it is good fun. Uh, still a busy day today. It's uh, been 
difficult because the snap lockdowns do tend to fall on weekends. And mm. sometimes, I mean, every time the rules are different and confusing, but every single time, no matter the changes they make, it seems to feel like a personal attack. Yes. <laughs> and then I remember it isn't and everything's fine. But, um, mm. uh, but yeah, so just been a bit stop start, but you know, we've just got to do what we've got to do, haven't we? And I understand why the rules are confusing because they're trying to give people as much freedom as they can. And um, it's it's hard to get across all the changes that they're making. But most uh, families that I work for and with, the good thing about it is that if you've told your six-year-old that she's having a birthday party, you're probably going to do it even if you have to postpone. So, mm, so that's true. Yeah. yeah. So usually it's more people postponing than canceling and we're getting, mm. we're getting there. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Snow White is, is sleeping for another month, but she'll be back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Making it work. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And should our listeners want to uh, find you on social media, engage with you, give you income in some way? Yeah. How can we, how can we engage with you? Yes. Uh, please do. Uh, my Instagram is the easiest way to get to me and it is at Little Janie Dangerous. Uh, Janie is J-A-N-E-Y and Dangerous is Dangerous but with a J. Still that. Beautiful. Still that and we still love it. (laughs) I think you like apologized for it last time you were on the podcast. I was like, there's no need for that. It's a great URL. I mean, it's a great, yeah, whatever it is. Thank you. Handle. Handle. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I love it. And yes, yeah, it's not necessarily easy to find. Oh, then again, I mean, my name's there. It's easy to find. Yeah, yeah no, we can find easy. you. <laughs> Listeners, if you if you are having difficulty finding Janie, you get in touch with me and then <laughs> I will point you to Janie. And I do love to comment on the fascinating Bachelor of Hearts fun facts I've been seeing. So you oh, can yeah. find me there. True, also. that's true. Yes. I'm learning a lot. In the comment lot. section. And <laughs> listeners, if you want to engage with us, the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group is the place where you can do so. Janie's in there as well. Oh, yeah, so I nice to see uh, lots of you getting around and, and joining and saying hi as we progress through this confusing, troubling a little bit mm. season. Mm. Yeah, it is nice to have that uh, at the moment. I think just a bit of escape from reality, watch a fun show and and uh, find a community. I don't have a lot of friends locally that actually watch the show, which I understand they don't get my nuanced mm. love for right, it. Right, right. Uh, so it's nice to have you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I, this has always been, you know, we've said this before but max and i basically started this show so that we could keep up with one another and um and you know talk about this show that we were both watching and having interesting thoughts about and the fact that that has branched out to so many other wonderful people who all have their own interesting thoughts and takes uh about this uh our beloved franchise is uh, it's wonderful you know it's the best yeah yeah we're here to make friends hell yeah All right, well, uh, let's talk about this week on the network television program, The Bachelor, the Australian version. Beginning with, why am I saying it like that? We're beginning with The Bachelor Australia, season nine, episode 13. I'm still, it's very unclear. I'm going with the title with the question mark, the episode number with the question mark. That's the official. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, the remaining women, Ash, Carly, Lily, Holly, Jay, and outward-facing box of Maltesers, have (laughs) a surprisingly convivial girl chat on the mansion's patio, where the group do their best to hide that they are aghast that Jimmy has kept up his relationship with Brooke outside of the show. 
As Lily says, at least with the rest of us, he openly cheated on us. (laughs) Cut to the harlot herself, this vile (laughs) temptress who has brought shame and scorn to the pure and honest and good polycule at the heart of this show by leaving briefly to go to a funeral. (laughs) Brooke Cleal, the 27-year-old Leo, is an operational therapist who had the first single date of the season. I just can't quite seem to remember where she's from. I what part of the the country she might hail from. I just really hope that we get some clarity maybe later in this episode. I don't know. Uh, Brooke strolls around Sydney's Hyde Park in activewear as the sun rises. Meanwhile, roughly fifty meters away, down near that really good vegan yum cha restaurant, Jimmy paces back and forth in tights and a puffer jacket. We jump cut to Jimmy standing in front of the Archibald Fountain, which the Star Observer describes as one of the most homoerotic examples of public art in Australia. The area surrounding this fountain has a long history as a beat for gay folks to meet up in Sydney. Um, it's I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure nobody on this very heterosexual show knows about that, but it's interesting. Equally historic, though, this backdrop sets the scene for what I believe is the first instance in this season of what is known as the hoojoo. Okay, tell me about the hoojoo. Oh, was there one earlier? Yeah, I swear. Remember when they had to, (laughs) quote unquote, put this smell on him? (gasps) You're right. I think that counts. Yeah, Yeah, you're totally right. Laura did a a hoojoo, yeah. There, okay, well, let's talk about what a hoojoo is. This is <laughs> yes. this is a phrase coined by the Game of Roses podcast, mm-hmm. which is a, a podcast that Janie and I both listen to about the American series The Bachelor. Yeah, so good, but this phrase is is like making the rounds like pretty more commonly now. Yeah, it I is. Think. It is entering the wider Bachelor lexicon. Um, mm. The hoojoo, short for hug jump, is mm-hmm. a staple of the franchise where a player sprints up to the bachi. They leap and cling onto their body and kiss them and then dismount. Mm. And Brooke appears to be a student of the game mm-hmm. with a high mount and solid ankle lock. Although we don't get to see the dismount, would feel unfair to give it a rating out of 10. Um, but it was very encouraging, particularly because, and I didn't mention this on our podcast, but there was a real red flag missed opportunity for a hooju on Brooke's single date where they met up on like a pier to go to the uh, flight simulator or something. Oh, yes. And she like runs up to him and then just stops. <laughs> and it felt very strange yeah. to me. Okay, so, okay so Huju, mm-hmm. uh, hug jump. Mm-hmm. I'm watching, I'm looking at uh, two soccer players doing it right now. Just in that, <laughs> I, I want to um, just offer a couple of extra definitions uh, for any of you following along at home. Uh, convivial. Uh, friendly, lively, enjoyable, and then polycule, which is another new word for me, a group of people who are connected through romantic relationships. Are you taking a little glossary of all of the words that you're learning from me today? Absolutely, I am. (laughs) That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. You can write your own, like, uh, little lexicon. We can have a dictionary. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Although some of those words, I would say, are probably in the regular dictionary already. (laughs) Max is shaking his head. No, no, I've read it. It's not, it's not <laughs> in there. Really? Oh, huh. do you, the, I didn't see the ending coming. Where it <laughs> turns out the zebra did it. <laughs> I thought it was the Aardvark. Oh no! Uh... Well, yeah, it's a red herring. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
Uh, post Huju, Jimmy points to Centerpoint Tower, which I'm now learning has not been officially called Centerpoint Tower since the year 2001. Do you believe Yikes. that? Uh, where they will experience some of the best that Sydney has to offer. It's the big pointy one. That's right. Hmm. Phallic, maybe. It. I'm not. I don't know where where I'm going with this. It doesn't actually. Yeah, I mean, look between the what did you call it the the situation where the gays co- congregate around a set of sure a beat phallic yeah a beat and then also uh, airing the craft show instead of heterosexual romance. I feel like they're doing oh, a lot for yeah, the gays. That's true. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, we love to see it. Channel Ten is uh, uh, what is the most forward thinking. I don't know. Allies, baby. Yeah. Uh, cut to the two of them suddenly on top of the tower and gazing out across the city. Although it is shrouded in some kind of fog or mist, uh, one would only hope that wherever it is that Brooke is from has like better, maybe more stable <laughs> weather than this. Uh, the two of them are then joined by Lauren Burns, the founder of Body Flow Pilates, an ex Skywalk instructor who, according to her LinkedIn page, was school captain in 2017. Uh, Oh, good for her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well done. Wow, so it's just me that wasn't. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Janie, I will will hereby appoint you school captain of this podcast for for all of time. Of course, yeah. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to call my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Papa, it finally happened. I told you it'd come. <laughs> so what is what was she? She was an ex Skywalk adventurer, is something like that? Do you say that? Instructor. Although it sounds okay. adventurous at least. Uh, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wasn't aware that she was part of the Star War. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean it was passed down in the family. Um mm. so we've got this kind of fear of heights date in which quote the Bachi and his date were taken through a sky-high Pilates session, which saw the couple aim to achieve a sense of unity within their mind and body. Viewers Where are you quoting from? <laughs> I'll, mm. I'll get to it. Mm. Viewers swooned as the romantic date encouraged Jimmy and Brooke to form a deeper connection through trust-building Pilates exercises on top of Sydney's tallest building. The elevated date also allowed for the handsome bachelor to comfort a nervous brook as they walked out onto the eye-watering 268-meter-tall glass skywalk platform at the start of their date. Hmm. It's not often that I can just use a press release that's posted on the uh, Sydney Tower Eye website as part of my recap, (laughs) but I got to take a little holiday while I was copy and pasting that, and I uh, kicked my feet up at my desk, and I thought, I'm not typing any notes right now. I'll take the opportunity when I can get it. Mm. At the Love same the- time, I don't think they watched the show. <laughs> no, I don't think they did. <laughs> Someone described it to I think that's what they them. wanted to happen. Right. That's what they wanted it to be like. I don't think that's how I would have. Not that it, it was fine, but it wasn't. I don't sure. think she was that scared. I don't think the poses looked that much like they were doing the magic of unifying them. <laughs> no. Is that what it said? Something I like think that. there was something like about trust exercises mm-hmm. as well. Did you feel they trusted each other more after this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I did see that uh, Lauren Burns and Body Flow Pilates are now um, raffling off or you know, offering as a competition the chance to relive this date with her um, oh. on, on top of the, uh, the Skywalk platform. So... Uh, listeners, get your submissions in. If one of our fans gets to go and do that, that would be cool. Yeah. Like kind, like a little bit cool. 
Yeah, no, I think that's cool. I wouldn't, I'm, I am scared of heights. Yeah. Unlike it seems all the girls on this season. Yeah, I know. Them. Yeah, I'm she terrified. didn't blink an eye. They share at the top of this 268 meter tall glass platform, what I believe <laughs> must be the kiss that is highest above sea level in Australian bachelor history. I'm, I was trying to rack my brains because I know mm. there was the longest kiss that took place in another quite high up point. Uh, was that? Richie's on top of the harbor on the bridge. Harbor bridge. And it was Sam Wood and mm. Sam Wood. Yeah, that's right. Sam Wood and um and the one that Nina was it? Nina. Mm. Wow. Well mm. done. I mean, you know, where they recreated it. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we brought you here, Janie. Thank you. Uh, I wrote, please don't fact check me on this in my notes, but actually, I'm thrilled that uh, the knowledge is being spread here. Uh, so Jimmy reveals after they've done this uh, Pilates together that their next activity will be a bit more Melbourne and also oh so Melbourne. <laughs> <gasps> and what could possibly say Melbourne more than Starbucks coffee? Oh, this is offensive <laughs> to uh, like anyone who's even been to Melbourne, mm. is it not? Mm. <laughs> The American multinational chain, headquartered in Seattle, Washington, boasts over 32,000 stores worldwide. 16 of them are in the state of Victoria. Uh, for reference, 24 of them are in New South Wales. Uh, and Brooke and Jimmy arrive at an empty house with a kitchen which is dressed to the nines with Starbucks products and cups and logos, even including some art made out of the company's non-recyclable plastic coffee pods. I didn't notice that until I watched it again, and I realized that this interesting sort of industrial decoration was, in fact, just made of those fucking pods you can't throw out. Just like us. Right. Just A pod like you can't us. throw out. <laughs> oh, that's great. And you wouldn't want to. Hey. <laughs> I'm just here to, you know, hype you up. Oh, yeah, brilliant. thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but hey, giving it all a touch of Melbourne flair will be Jibby Little the winner of the 2019 Aska Australian Professional Latte Art Championship. And in addition to her national title in 2019, Jibby Little also won the New South Wales Championship every year from 2014 to 2019 because that's the state in which she is based. She's not giving it any Melbourne flair at all. <laughs> uh, but Brooke is very eager to play along with all of this, uh, ITMing. I love the fact that he knows how much I love coffee. He knows how much Melbourne is a big part of my life. It really is a personality of me. The fact that he's brought coffee here today, it's really, really cool. <laughs> That's how low the bar is. Mm. <laughs> mm. So weird. Like, I mean, for yeah, the Starbucks thing was the thing that was the most offensive. But I also mm -hmm. just want to point out, if anyone is listening who lives in Melbourne who doesn't like coffee, that's also fine. Yeah, totally. You know, I just want them to know that there's a lot to Melbourne other than that. Right. I yes. was just finding it really, really weird and just too enthusiastic a push for Starbucks coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't even play the fucking jingle because this spawn con is just so overwhelming. There's, we can't even pretend. Yeah. I, yeah, the the base level of Melbourne coffee, and she's like, he went out of his way. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And Yuck. No other aspect of Melbourne is even hinted towards. Mm -mm. I guess oh, the art, maybe the like trash corporate art all over the walls. <sighs> I just and I, I'm sorry, but I don't think drinking coffee is a personality trait. No, no, it's no. not. It's it's really like not. He, it's like hosting a podcast. <laughs> Everybody fucking does it. First thing before they get out of bed in the morning. 
<laughs> like, oh wow, he really has been listening to me. Unless she's just been exclusively talking about coffee, quite possibly the whole time. Maybe. Yeah, Starbucks specifically. <laughs> well, she didn't know that coffee art was a thing, which I right. fine if she doesn't. But also, I'm like, how obsessed with coffee are you? Yeah, right. And also to say that in front of the person who is like devoted their life to it, I was like, that's so shady. <laughs> yeah, what do you do, musician? I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh. Is that okay? But what 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 about for work? Like, <laughs> uh, and yeah, we see Jibby, who is truly impressive. She is very very good at doing this. She makes a horse in the foam of a latte, and cool. we cut back after a little while as they've been hanging out there, and and it's clear that she's just had to make like six coffees or something, and you know they're not talking to her or anything, and it seems like they've just been drinking all of them, and I start getting a bit concerned. <laughs> because then maybe that explains what happens next right so after the break they sit at a batchy couch outside and we hear jimmy's voice say i don't know about you but i could go another coffee <laughs> which frankly seems pretty impossible but we see him put the fucking pods in the machine and they do have another big flat white each and the two of them attempt to settle down for a calm chat about the state of their relationship whilst each having had at least 100 milligrams more caffeine than a healthy adult should safely consume in a day. Jimmy asks Brooke if there might be any potential red flags about their relationship. And Brooke says that having access to social media while she was off camera meant that a few things did in fact come up. And she mentions paparazzi shots of some of the girls like Holly and Lily and Ash, including the, quote, sexual nature of Lily and Jimmy's date. And we then see what I assume are just screenshots from episode seven of the TV show, The Bachelor, with like this scandalous <laughs> sepia tone filter over them to make them look more paparazzi-ish. And if you remember, you know, they were, they were uh, standing in the water and the waves were lapping over them and, you know, he was holding her up by the butt and giving her big kisses. And, you know, I guess you would think if you saw that pretty scandalous, um, but I did think it was funny that they just used footage from the show and then put a filter over it rather than get the rights to any actual paparazzi photos. <laughs> but then I look back at a Daily Mail article from April of this year when the date was photographed. And weirdly enough, it's as if the producers have tried as hard as possible to match them up. Like, yeah, right. This still wow. image. Let me, I'm going to share my screen actually because oh, I have them please, both here. Yeah. Um, hang on one second. And listeners, we will put this in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group after the episode is released. Yes. So here this is, is the yeah. Yes. Well, no, mm -hmm. that's the thing. This oh. is this is from the Daily Mail article. This is the Matrix Pictures thing, and then this okay. is the one that we saw on the show. And if I, <laughs> I know they seem identical, but if I jump back and forth, you can see there's a little bit of motion. the The clear giveaway is this this area here where Jimmy's mm. trunks are visible, whereas in this one they are not. So I went, yeah. I went back and I watched it. This is from that episode. I don't know. Mm. I, I mean, you know, look, uh, it's 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 a game of spot the difference. It's very interesting to me. I feel like if you know, if you're not already interested, uh, maybe uh, maybe, and if you haven't been in lockdown for eight months, maybe it's not quite as interesting <laughs> to you. Uh, but this drove me bananas this week. Um, Jenny, to what extent were you worried when you were in the mansion mm. about uh, the other women having like? hot sexy dates with the bachelor okay cool yeah this is gonna be the first part of what we're talking about <laughs> what to say about this um that i mean 
for me, I, I, I don't know if you remember, and I hate to remind everyone, but I really didn't last very long. <laughs> so We don't remember, uh, and in fact, we tell people that it's the opposite. Yeah, maybe not on the show, but in our minds and memories <laughs> and hearts. Couldn't be further Thank from you. the truth. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So I didn't last well on on my season of the bachelor i don't feel like i had enough of an investment in um my relationship with richie to be i think i was jealous in a way where i was like probably just wish that i'd come on the show and had that experience but not yeah. so much like oh jealous that he you know that if specifically richie liked someone else more than me because that, that i could kind you. of yeah. understand but, but you're yeah, you're a like, big batchy fan coming into it and totally. yeah, only developing in the years since I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, I just, I mean, yeah, I'm the huge fan of Australia. Fan first, always contestant second. Um, and then on, on paradise though, um, I don't know if you remember that, um, I had just had a moment with Tim Hanley before That's correct. he then yeah. had a bath that, that definitely did like, like feel shit, but like, mm not in a way where I felt like I then had to <laughs> take Tim Hanley aside and ask him if he was here for the right reasons, right. which is what happened. <laughs> right? To it, Jimmy, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, there's only one right reason and she's sitting right in front of you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's what she meant by right reasons. Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should clarify, Tim Hanley had a bath with someone else, not just like he had a bath in general. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, Did which I is not also, that? no, no, that's fine. You said when Tim Hanley had a bath, and I was like, look, <laughs> it is a rare occurrence. Sure, it's a relief. Like I wanted him to smell like he smelt when we were talking. <laughs> no, he won't smell like that. So yes, so I was talking to him, and then he was whisked away to have a romantic bath with another person. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, but yes, you, I don't understand that side of what she was doing. No, me neither. No. Um, Brooke says she can't help, but feel a bit insecure and jealous. Jimmy says that what he's looking for is chemistry and sexual chemistry is an important part of that, but you can't just have chemistry. You need to have more than that. And with Brooke, there's quote, everything else that's there as well. That needs to be. A good mm. sentence. Um, mm. He's glad that Brooke's back and asks her to trust their connection rather than second guessing herself. They kiss and she says that their connection has grown 10 times stronger since she's been gone. And she says, quote, having that time away from you, it's almost like my grandparents, they're reunited now. And it's like, yeah, almost a sign that it made us stronger. Why say that? Mm. Why did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. No. What? Well no, I the, the the grandparent chat has been bizarre also, but I, I actually I need to go back a little bit again. Oh please, 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 please. <laughs> because this I, I, I like I was watching this live because mm. I wanted the ratings to go up. <laughs> like, <"Come> on, <laughs> please keep the show alive. Um but I wish that I had the capacity to pause it. So I've gone back and watched it again because all I could think about as well, because and again, this this part isn't really, I don't think, Brooke's fault for her not to have considered this. And I don't know if this is like a really personal me issue that other people wouldn't experience, but that's why I've decided. I thought about, I've not stopped thinking about this. How you're in a safe this. place, Janie. You're, you've if come you, to the right you, podcast. 
<laughs> I know. If you could, okay, you can imagine right now, the two of you and anyone listening right now, imagine I'm on the phone to you uh-huh. and we're chatting and I just say, oh, hey, by the way, um, I saw some paparazzi photos of you yesterday. Um, and then if your stomach doesn't like fall out of your butt yeah. and you hear that, then like that's when I have a personal problem. But for me, anytime that has happened, you know, if there's been an article written or pap shots released or something like the anxiety that you feel is like, I really need to get across this. And he's also not capable of getting across it. Mm, okay. Totally. Cause he can't go That's Google really it. Interesting. Yeah. And he, yeah. And on top of that, like that alone for me, I was just, I felt so sorry for him on top of that. She's presenting this, like these pictures were offensive in some way. Right. right. They're scandalous. They're like, we had to blur out something yeah. like he and he hasn't seen them he doesn't know what was taken like because mm. that's the whole point of a paparazzi shot you don't know it's happening and also who would remember you'd be like what date what did i do right. was i naked Which did i get undressed that i went to bill gola beach was it the one with you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i just felt like so sorry for him that in that moment she was asking for comfort I was like I think for me that was expecting way too much because he's not had that happen before he's not Sophie Monk or the Honey Badger sure right like I don't that's true this is a dude who doesn't hasn't had and doesn't know and to the extent that we have seen women express that Jimmy's a fairly emotionally intelligent man after coming Mm. off the show if you listen to this podcast beforehand you know people telling you that firsthand how is Jimmy meant to respond in this situation? What are you, what possibly can he give you that will satisfy you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just didn't like any of that. Like I said, Brooke hasn't thought about that, Mm-mm-mm. obviously. Mm-mm. The other stuff, obviously, I think that's on her if she's like, oh, you shouldn't be what making out with some girl on a date. Like, yes, you right. Could. <laughs> yeah. I saw some yeah. questions yeah. being raised throughout the week that potentially she had not independently gone and Googled this stuff and that some <gasps> producer or something had been like, you know, this will spice up her re-entry to the game. Um, I wonder mm. how likely that is. It feels like a move that they would play on the US Bachelor more likely than the Australian one, from what I know of both. Um, mm. And but also, you would look it up, right? Mm. That's, that's the, the um, counterpoint to that is like, how could you not? As soon as you have your phone back, I reckon you'd be like, what else are you doing on there? (laughs) Straight on. What can I learn about it? Yeah. Yeah. And to then, if we can (laughs) compound this, associate the death of your beloved grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. With the continued fruition of your present relationship with a man who is admittedly having at this time relationships with five other women. Mm -hmm. Or at the time of this date with Lily, probably like eight or nine, I think. This is like oh episode goodness. seven, now we're episode 13, so quite a while ago. Is it a strategy because how can you eliminate someone if they keep saying, like, my grandparents died so we could be together? Totally, Look, honestly, right? honestly, if, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put a pass to not, not like a Brooke thing, but just like a, if that happened to you, like, yeah, keep saying it. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> Certainly that episode where she came back, I was just like, well, great. You know, she's, she's locked in. Even though I feel like you could in an altruistic or like humanistic way be like, listen, I'm not sure if I'm ready to be responsible for you being back here in this time where maybe you're still getting over this or maybe you need to be with your family. Like you could do a, you know, uh, uh, 
moral high ground, you know, uh, send off. Yeah, but he really does like her, so. I think so. And that's the thing, like, the thing that underlies this is exactly as you say, they have a a weird connection. Mm. And I don't know if I necessarily have the words to put to why, uh, but, like, the way that she says that and he says just sort of, like, very calmly, he's like, yeah, thanks, Brookie. You know, like, he's just like, okay, cool, taking this on, this is okay, welcomed, perhaps. Like, I was, uh, like... I, if I am in that situation, I am personally imploding. Right. And I guess some of the feedback that has has gone around on the internet this week has been like, well, look, do we need to be making fun of Brooke in this situation? Yeah. And I guess that's true. I think particularly now everyone could do a, a good job of being kinder to everyone. Mm. The extent to which Brooke has become untethered from the version of reality <laughs> that... Mm she is being portrayed within, within like, and that's, that's what I am responding to is the show is presenting her exactly as you say, Janie, as like a romantic contender for Jimmy's heart. And he keeps picking her, you know, it is evidentiary that she's now in the final three. We're also turning around and listening to her say things that are batshit. I don't, I don't have the words to tell you Mm. like what emotional weight those kind of like those kind of sentences carry, you know, and for her to just dump that on Jimmy is as if it is like, that's fine, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that for me is is what I am uh, responding to, poking holes at, because on the one hand she's being legitimized, on the other hand none of this is legitimate. Yeah, mm. he didn't even kind of press her about it. Nope. No, I was like, he was just like, yeah, no thanks. Follow up questions. I was nope. like, you're the bachelor. And unless unless it's because, like I said, maybe internally he had just like disassociated because he's just thinking like my grandma has seen explicit pictures of me, on, right? You know, in the right. media or right. something. Because that's mm-hmm. what she's had a fourth heart attack on that beach. <laughs> that's what my brain would be doing in that moment. And For so sure. maybe maybe that's why he didn't press her because inside he's already like, someone get me a, yeah. like the internet. I need to see all of it. Yeah, <laughs> someone yeah. he's just trying to play the internet cool. right now. Yeah. Right. So maybe, but yeah, it was no, and then therefore she ha- she's just leaving that conversation thinking everything was totally fine. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to the extent that he rewards her with a rose in the next episode, maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of anxiety at seeing pictures of yourself. <laughs> how, how, oh, yeah. How do we even describe this? Oh, my God. A series of large photo prints of Jimmy and his many girlfriends are mounted on easels across the mansion's lawns. <laughs> but if that wasn't already strange enough, because that is a weird thing to do. Yeah. Weird oh, yeah. home decor. Um, <laughs> but the photos are all symmetrical mirrored versions of them divided vertically down the middle. Um, I'm sure you've seen them if you're watching the show. They are truly shocking and absolutely delightful see uh, i've noticed that every episode of um of your podcast you've been having people on that like make sense for the episode or <laughs> you've been pretending to yeah yeah Did you know i have studied face reading really mm-hmm. I, we just brought you on because you have very symmetrical features <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a lie but thank you okay well that's <laughs> That's really interesting because I don't know anything about this and and it mm-hmm. feels quite like pseudoscientific and a little mm-hmm. airy fairy the way that they they discuss it on the show. 
Um, I don't know I to what degree you feel like that is the case. So, what, I mean, what can you tell us about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, but I love all of the things that are pseudoscience, airy-fairy. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I love them all. Great. Like, which is why I, I, what, what, I don't know, and this isn't necessarily the same thing, so I'm sorry if anyone loves one of these things and hates the other one, and I'm talking about face reading and astrology. Mm. Do we know Jimmy's sign? Oh. Do we uh, not know? I have tried to find this out and he, his Instagram doesn't have any like happy birthday pictures. I've not yeah. been able to really find that out. Unfortunately, I have the yeah. signs of everyone else in this season. I know. Right. It's because it, in my mind, I was like, oh, I think I vaguely remember hearing he was a double Sagittarius, which is kind of scary. Like, oh yeah. Just, <laughs> but then I remembered, no, no, no. That was from, um, ages of the last U S season that the bachelor was, yeah. I don't know, Jimmy, I don't, I don't have the stats on that. So there's a lot of weird websites that I've clicked on, but none of them have been able to tell me anything more than he's 31. Okay. Anyway. I would like to uh, just share the results of a quick Google search <laughs> oh, fuck you. that I have done. What? Did you find it? Okay. So you type in Jimmy Nicholson birth date. You guys can see this. <laughs> what? Google says, Gladys Berejiklian is 50 years old, born on September 22, 1970. She is an Australian politician. I don't understand. I love the internet. I am on a website called latestinbollywood.com, um, which has a big page about Jimmy Nicholson and, uh, you know, has the premiere date of his season. But it says, Joe is only 31 years old. His exact date of birth is not mentioned <laughs> by him anywhere on the internet. He has never shared about his origin. Rude. Mm. Anyway, but sorry. Sorry to take us on a tangent that Not also didn't all. come to conclusions. You're but... in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> but back to face reading. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I like, I, yeah, I love all of that stuff. So I'm really into it. But also with a grain of salt, I think it's all in good fun. Um, mm. But there is like, it's based on, and it did sound like what she was doing was the same kind of thing that I've, uh, that I did study. And when I say study, I mean like a 10 day course situation. Sure. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I was curious about that because she she states things as fact that I have never heard. Like, mm. um, you know, so this is Marie Chandler, who is an expert in face reading, uh, mm. who has the website facereadingsydney.com.au. Oh, good. Because um, sometimes they do get fake people. They're like not really that thing that they said. They yeah, have. no, I, mm. I, I found it. I mean, like, I feel like they typed face reading Sydney into Google and then they <laughs> clicked on the first thing that came up. Well, they yeah. skipped the Gladys Perichiklian face reading entry. Um, Marie is a qualified master practitioner and teacher in face reading, psychosomatic therapy, and neurolinguistic <laughs> programming with more than 15 years of experience. According to her website, a face reading party, which I assume is what's happening here, is uh, about 100 bucks. It's pretty good. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun to me, I yeah. guess. That's um, stuff. But she tells the group that the right-hand side of your face is all mm -hmm. about, quote, your showing, your doing, and how you present to the world. And the left-hand side is your relationship to yourself. Mm -hmm. Does that stand true with what you've heard? Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. It's, yeah, and they call it like the masculine and feminine. And she did kind of reference that saying him and her play together. And it's not obviously, mm. well, it's just in the way that everyone obviously has masculine qualities and feminine qualities. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad that she didn't press on those words though. For the yeah, situation. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would easily be misconstrued. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that. And it's also, um, I, I also, did, am I the only one that immediately did take a photo of myself and like flip it? So oh, I did it straight away. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah also, times. that will probably be the image uh, for this episode of the podcast. Yay! Yeah. Right? <laughs> Surely, right? Fun. Yeah. But then also, it's it's like the whole, uh, if you've heard of 
the chakras before. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The, so the idea is that you have the seven uh, main ones that are in your body. They're also represented in your face. So therefore, if someone's, you know, their eyes stand out first, that's uh, your heart chakra and you can talk about that or yeah. So I, yeah, that that's, and that sounded more of the stuff she was saying to them when they were in the couples, which we didn't really hear that much of. I also think it's so funny when people get uncomfortable, like with the dates like these, where you just have to like sit and listen when mm. like, I don't want to be on a jet ski blindfolded. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah. This was my, one of my favorite dates of the season. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. So yeah. Fun. In no way did this date uh, cause the season to jump the chakra. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Love it. Yeah. I do think um, the there's some selective editing here, as you might assume or imagine <laughs> that they have plucked out the silliest sounding sort of terminology and words. <laughs> um so, you know, she gives these couples readings to Jimmy and each woman. Um, mm. Couples readings are not listed on the website. I assume Tanner's gone off menu at this point. Um, they've got some kind of arrangement <laughs> there. It's interesting. Um, Marie's- Starbucks secret menu, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, so Marie says Jimmy has a rebellious hairline. Um, <laughs> if there is any clarification to what that means, it is not provided. Um, she tells Carly that the little wrinkles on her nose when she smiles mean that she loves to plan, but also let rip and see what happens. Bit of both. Right. Um, she tells Lily that she has such a sensitive chin um, and tells Ash that she has two foreheads without clarifying. I guess that makes more sense now that you've <laughs> mentioned the sort of the, the two sides. And yeah, um, <laughs> she states that the perceived difference, which I could not identify between Jimmy and Holly's jawline you look about the same to me, uh, but I'm not an expert. I've never done the course. Um, that means that uh, Holly needs a little more reassurance, which to me feels like somebody has asked her to mention that, maybe. Mm. Jenny, are you open to giving us both a face reading oh. right now? Oh, fun. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, why Wait, not? We've got to um, move the mics then, right? You won't be able to see I my mean, I just, okay. horrific gonna... jawline. Okay, well, um, well, I can see you first, Zabe, so I'll start with you. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that you definitely come across as a very warm and generous person i can see that yeah you're very um caring and happy to like uh go along with other people and like in a in a nice way making everyone mm-hmm. feel comfortable around you maybe it might take you a while to open up to people um sure. uh do you want me to just go to max now yeah that was fantastic i mean um, you know pseudo scientific nonsense it's obviously the absolute opposite for me but uh <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to hear you try anyway. Everyone's like, no, he's mean. It's a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, and Max, I'd say, um, thank you. Yeah, good. <laughs> he's moving also, towards you the know, camera. It's online, so, you know, it's like obviously not going to be completely right. accurate for that reason. Yeah. But mm. I'd say, Max, um, you probably really enjoy uh, making connections with people, especially if they're based on, like, ideas and opinions. Um I'd say that you're probably pretty grounded. Um, yeah, you can, you'll find that most of face reading is like any other kind of pseudoscience where it's really easy to make. But I would say those things. It's nice to do compliments. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah, I guess it's like, a little complicated yeah. by the fact that you've heard a lot of episodes of our podcast and stuff. You're bringing a little baggage mm. along to I it. I do love to listen to you guys constantly. So, you know. 
well, this is the thing, you know, if I was to return the favor, Journey, I would say you have quite egalitarian teeth. Mm. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's that uh, mean? <laughs> uh, well, look, you know, um, they are, uh, look, um, that word, as far as I understand it, means believing in or based on the principle that all people are equal and deserve equal rights and opportunities. Oh, good. Okay, sure. good. Yeah. yeah. So I'd say your teeth are equal opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> And Thank if you. I were to weigh in with my own, you know, untrained eye, I would say that the fact that you have glasses probably suggests that you have some kind of vision impairment. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Xavier, you're like advanced level. Yeah, I can see yeah, right well. through you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the superpower afforded to you by your glasses or was that <laughs> something to do with your grandparents? It's true. Oh my God. <laughs> Marie also mentions that she can tell that Brooke is driven and independent because of her cheekbones and her bloodshot eyes and trembling hands and anxiety, <laughs> irritability, <laughs> rapid heartbeat, and lethal coffee breath. Aww. <laughs> uh, and now it's time for the last cocktail party of season nine. Ash grabs Jimmy first, but instead of seeing any of their chat, we instead see Brooke telling the other women how nervous she is about she and Jimmy living in different cities and his long work hours and all of that stuff. And uh, the other women are pretty incredulous about the fact that Brooke has not mentioned this even once on their single date, which I think is fair enough. Although I agree. If any of them had any in-depth conversations about this on their dates, we sure didn't see them. Um, but it's implied here that that did happen. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I agree that, Maybe they should have, but I also can see how maybe they didn't because they just love coffee so much and they obviously <laughs> needed to learn that about each other. And right, that was obviously, right. you know. Yeah, it, and coffee obviously slows down your gross motor speed <laughs> and your ability to process things, yeah. so it's not likely that they would have even had time to get to it. Mm, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Um, speaking of things that we didn't see, we flash back to the previous cocktail party where Jimmy went to comfort Lily after the revelation that she wasn't going to get another single date. And she said, it's not enough to head to hometowns for me. I think we talked about this mm. last week. Mm. Um, and last week when we talked about it, I think it made sense not to show any of it because it was leading into the rose ceremony and it was creating stakes. And we were like, maybe whatever happened there might be the end for Lily. This week, it just feels like they couldn't salvage any good footage because they only aired the same stuff that they showed last week. Um, and this time, as Lily is trying to sort of stake her claim, Brooke interrupts in order to claim a bit more time with Jimmy. And when Jimmy says, I'll come and find you, Brookie, the focus moves away again from Jimmy and Lily and back over to Brooke. And a teary-eyed Brooke pulls Ash aside to get some comfort and some advice and Brooke says she can, she's concerned about his lifestyle and his independence because she's not that independent. And Ash is this great shoulder to cry on and advises her to go and speak to him. And I feel like this speaks volumes about Ash, who I imagine, I'm, I mean, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you feel like Ash probably gets the feeling that she's not really a contender at this point? Um, or do you think this is a play from her to like make herself look good in everybody's eyes and therefore earn some more time with him? You know, I want to reward her for taking the energy and the effort to be, to be kind and to be altruistic here and to, you know, do a good thing for another person. But where do you think this places her within the game? If I'm thinking strategically about this, I am thinking let me 
divert her path closer to Jimmy and let's watch her burn it all down. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Like She can I see she's that, on the edge, maybe. Yeah, Ash is totally. sensing a, a burnout from Brooke. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't really consider that. I mean, that's at least what I would do if I was in Ash's shoes and those were the signs that I was picking up, I think. Mm. You would send them over and be like, look, this can only benefit me because probably if you're Ash, I would think Ash strikes me as somewhat self-aware mm. that she would know that she's not necessarily a shoe-in. She's not the point. leader of the pack right now, I guess. Right, right. Mm. And in order for things to change, something dramatic has to happen. And her best bet to engineer drama, let's send Brooke down. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it that way, but I guess I didn't really think about it either too much. But, yeah. I, I mean, I, Ash gives me kind of mum vibes in the house yep, at totally. least obviously because mm-hmm. um, often there'll be yeah, some people that take on more of that role and she does seem good like that so yeah I've always wondered <laughs> which is funny because I was there uh, but I always wondered <laughs> <laughs> how they do it like the girls who make it that far who are invested how how they do um, support each other I actually really yeah. admire the fact that they can I'm not saying that I would definitely be a bitch but like I could see myself being like that for sure. Like yeah. you can yeah. see how Lily is like really irked by Brooke this whole episode. Yeah. Right. And I get it. I'm not like mad at, like, I don't think Lily's at least like, doesn't seem like she's, you know, talking too much trash behind her back, but you can just see how in all of her voxies, she needs to vent a little bit about how obviously Brooke is rubbing her the wrong way. And I'm like, I, I can, I feel like I'd be more that girl probably. Yeah. <laughs> and when yeah. she does it, she's funny. <laughs> like it makes good television, and I think that that's an acceptable use of of everyone's time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, We've all been there when there's just someone that you have to like live with or be around, and you're like, I can't stand every time they open their mouth. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Time for an important chat between Brooke and Jimmy. Brooke says she's not independent in the sense of only seeing someone once a week. And that feels like maybe that should be the end of the chat, right? Like (laughs) Jimmy's planning to go into long haul flights where he's going to be working five days straight and that is not going to really work. But uh, Jimmy says that he's maintained since the start that he's looking for someone who is independent. And Brooke says moving to Sydney would be something I'd have to take some time to think about. And I'm just like, red flag, red flag. Mm -hmm, Jimmy mm -hmm. says they would have to naturally come to an agreement together without necessarily suggesting anything. Um, And then Brooke gives him an ultimatum. I want to spend nights with my partner and I need you to know that. And it's not an unreasonable expectation by any means, but it's a pretty clear indication that these two people are not a good match, at least right now. Um, Jimmy ITMs, it's important for me that my partner has a realistic expectation of when I'm going to be around and when I won't. I can't have someone resenting that going into a relationship. This was bizarre, bizarre play. Mm. I think at a rose ceremony, Mm. like what? I just, I mean, I understand that she is like having a bit of a batchy breakdown, Mm -hmm, I think. mm -hmm. I don't understand what she was thinking was going to happen in this moment. Like what, because best case scenario, is he going to be like, I'm going to quit my job. I pick you like. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't understand what she thought she was going to get out of that. Like Right. 
It was, it was bizarre. It's, but- it's the fake ending of The Simpsons, uh, Casablanca, <laughs> where instead of instead of what he usually says, he says, "I love you. Let's remarry." Right. Yeah. Like, that, frankly, my dear. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I to be honest with you, this to me was so strange. Where she was like, "Look, we're going to need to come to a compromise," and that compromise is you change your life, my life doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and right now is like not why now I, yeah i mean yeah. i on one hand i on, i know that feeling when you are really anxious which i obviously she would be um and i guess probably the concept like the idea of him about to meet her family who know what she's like i guess she's all of a sudden it's dawning on her that her family are going to be like how is this going to work yeah and yeah, like, yeah totally. oh i never thought about that so i guess she just really quickly wants to talk about it but it's like yeah, I just it was just really it's a hard one. bizarre. Yeah. Like it's mm. just, just no way that this is gonna end well tonight. So. Right. So yeah, we get to the rose ceremony. Nobody's got a rose. It seems pretty clear who's going home this week, right? Uh <laughs> except Osher Ginsburg in a very breathy whisper announces two women will be sent home. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. The rose order goes like this Holly, Jay, Carly, and Brooke. Record scratch. I was I was gooped. I thought she was done really? for. Yeah. What I mean, we did you guys have this as well? I was pretty shocked. I thought that Lily and Ash were going home. I thought Brooke was going through. I I thought Brooke was go- like even though I thought that was just crazy bananas mm. and mm. I I st- I I really think Jimmy likes her and I don't know if it's just because of that aside that we heard him <laughs> say that Brooke was his favorite when he didn't know that they were recording him. Mm. Uh and he's just holding on to that maybe but yeah I could tell that he liked her enough that probably that wasn't going to affect it and also maybe because they didn't have enough time to really talk about it if he's already gone into Mm. the night thinking Brooke is staying even if she throws this at him what's he gonna do be like bye yeah like they don't have enough time they probably had like a five minute chat where she just right I don't know what we're gonna do with our lives (laughs) (laughs) and this is the thing like Brooke strikes me as someone who might not have the strongest control on her impulses right Mm. now but Jimmy Strikes me as someone who is not impulsive at all. Like he mm. strikes me mm. as methodical and thought through. And we know this about him through the way that he's described himself earlier in the season. This is a man who likes to read the manual. And mm. I don't know that there is uh, an audible to be called here at the end of the show with Brooke coming in being like, I'm flying off the handle. <laughs> and Jimmy being like, well, it says here that I'm picking you, so <laughs> I mean, it seems like this is what's... That's a really good point in the sense that I'm framing this as, like, uh, he is making the decision at the rose ceremony, where, where that's, mm. you know, maybe in mm. on some level that's what they want you to feel like is happening, but that's yeah. not what's happening. I feel like he is... And that explains a lot of the people... Because le- a problem that we've had with this season is... Um, I have well that I have had with this season is that I have felt like some of the dismissals have felt unjustified by what happened in that episode, but that's sure. because it's not a decision that he's making that week or that moment. It's a decision that he made probably week one or two that like these four people are going to get to the end or who, however many it is, and mm. everybody else will fall where they may. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. That's like when I got eliminated um, uh, on my original season. Um, Earlier in that episode, we had done the roller derby sumo wrestling that's right. outfit mm-hmm. date, which I'm very proud that I was great on because I think that's pretty iconic. Um, it's a great date. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, and we, my team won extra time. Absolutely nothing to do with me. I feel like I was 
hoping that we could just skate nicely, <laughs> like and slowly and not touch each other, which That's is what not roller derby is all about. <laughs> yeah, just nice and slow and don't touch each other. Yeah. Um, Same as sumo. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but then, so I got one on one time, and that like all that they aired was just sort of Richie being like, "Oh, so how'd you feel today? What'd you think? Are you competitive?" And me being like. Mm, no, because I'm not. <laughs> and then, it, like, when I did all my exit interviews, like with the media, it seemed to be like the understanding that Richie kicked me off because I'm not competitive, which I was like, it seems like such a weird. But also, right, if strange. you want someone competitive, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not the one. Mm. But I was like, I really didn't see it that way. It's so weird that you see it that way. But that's obviously how the show's designed is we have to right. be like, here's a reason. Now they're gone. Right. Um, and maybe the interpretation we, is that you weren't competitive within the the game of The Bachelor, right? Like, oh, t- yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I think also, like, I was just like, I don't really like sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be that. I don't Which, know. If I mean, like look, sports. let's look at the history of The Bachelor in Australia. At least that's a big that's a big no no. I know. It seems to be really important. Yeah. <laughs> Given that Richie is such a noted student of the sport of rope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like in saying that about giving someone a reason, do you know what? I don't know why. I don't know. I I hate it when I have too much of an opinion on who I think would be good for someone based on what we see on the show. But I Mm. really thought for some reason that Lily would be a good choice for Jimmy. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is what I'm talking about when I was so surprised. I mean, I, it sucks to say this, but it didn't feel like Ash was going to stick around. Um, no, I but, guess. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, Ash seems great, but, you know, this is how the show was presented her. But Lily, I, I, that, that's what surprised me. It was just like, oh, I, I could have seen that, you know? Yeah, Even it's just as why. simple as a, a reading as that, you know? Yeah. I wonder if Lily maybe just needed a little more time. And a little I more time? A little more time. Mm. And she kind of knew it, I think, as well. In right. Last week's episode saying, do you know what? There's not another single date. Mm. This isn't going to... This isn't going to work out for mm. me um, because Brooke coming back obviously is this huge spanner in the works. Oh, it's a wrecking ball. That Right, exactly. You mm. know, and she came in and it was just like, what do you do? Her grandparents what, like, died so that she could have superpowers. And Lily's like, fuck, you know, she, I, all, all she did was wreck me. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I also, I guess we didn't see all of the situation because didn't one of them even describe it as Lily blew up at Jimmy. I feel like somebody actually worded it that way, which mm. I was like, oh, that's not how totally. I... Totally. So I, there was a lot we didn't see, and it's probably yeah. that, but I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like some kind of astrological thing that I clearly am wrong about what Jimmy's sign was anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but if maybe I was like, oh, I think they'd be a good fit. Mm. But mm. Yeah. Well, well, we'll never know unless we eventually do. Who knows? Uh <laughs> Ash is the first to leave. Jimmy kisses her on the cheek and simply says, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Giving her nothing. Um, I feel like this is this farewell was pretty tough. Uh, maybe there was some more words exchanged here that we didn't get to see, but I'm just like, uh, Ash felt promising. We She had one of the earliest single dates. It was like really nice. Um, mm. And I enjoyed seeing her on screen and... In VO, she says, I came on The Bachelor to find love. I think I'm just definitely ready to meet someone, and it just makes me want to find that person even more or let them find me. Hmm. You can find Ash on Instagram. However, this week, only a paltry 365 people have taken the time to do so. 365 is pretty good. It's not that good for this stage of the competition. This is episode 13. Okay. Wait, sorry. Let me rephrase that. This is episode 13. (laughs) (laughs) 
so that brings her overall Instagram gain to 1,522 since preseason. I would have expected a little bit more of an uptick for this. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm. Walking Lily out, Jimmy says, this was such a tough decision. And I just, it's just not our time. Look after yourself, okay? I'm like, it wasn't such a fucking tough decision with Ash. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, Mm. And we see Lily crying in and in the moment saying, this is so hard. It's hard because I want to be here because I do. Like, I really like him. I just need time and that's not there anymore. And I almost Mm, felt like that part that I just need time and that's not there anymore might have been taped previously, like last week during her. I mean, this is a conspiracy, Ah, but like when that was her complaint, right, was that there was not going to be enough time for her. Um, cause at this point she doesn't need time. Well, maybe she needs time from somebody else, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> Lily has done very well throughout this season and was richly rewarded this week with 1,696 new Instagram followers, bringing her season total to 5,424. So, I mean, look, those numbers are frankly kind of small when you compare them to like what us bachelor does, but. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. But in, mm. in terms of this season, I don't think she could be too upset. Hmm. Yeah. Any final words of eulogy for either of those people? I think we've said basically. I mean, the more that we talk about it, the more I think that that something happened with Lily that we didn't see it. Hmm. I agree. I wonder also, right before hometowns, I I, I typically don't enjoy the hometown date as much. I actually love this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, But I do remember her saying more than one time that her family situation isn't as stable. And I hope that that didn't, I, I hope that it wasn't anything to do with that. Yeah, that right. It, yeah. It was any kind of, because I don't think the producers like to not have a family date, you know, mm. when sometimes it's friends instead, right. I think yeah. the producers try and avoid that. And I hope that that wasn't the case because it's not really fair, but I, I have no idea. I just think we mm. missed something with Lily. Yeah. The yeah. whole British man that Sophie Monk took to a lake or something. <laughs> Stu Laundy wasn't bald. No. <laughs> Stu Laundy took Sophie Monk to meet all of his pubs. <laughs> hey, it sounds great. Honestly, everyone get vaccinated so we can go to all of Stu's pubs. Yeah, no, I'd prefer that to meeting people's families. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's uh, enter the next stage of the recap. I'm trying not to say dive in because that's all I can ever think to say. With The Bachelor Australia Season 9, Episode 14. Jimmy Nicholson jogs in slow motion along a beach, gazing out across the horizon. While in ITM and VO, he tells us that family is the center of every great relationship, particularly family. Sorry, I amused myself. Uh, he wants to make a great first impression and hopes that this will help him pick his partner or whatever. I don't think I was even taking notes at this point. I was like, you get it. Uh, but what really got me about this sequence, and I tweeted about this earlier today, is that they have put the theme music from Nathan for you behind this sequence. Have they really? Have you guys watched Nathan for you? No. I have. It's a, it's a wonderful Comedy Central show. It's very, very funny. And it is just staggering that this sequence is literally just the, the theme music from Nathan for you. Wow. Is it actually the music? It is actually the exact That's piece of crazy. music. So I, I feel like, yeah, The Bachelor, like, famously do not ever buy rights to any music. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they ripped it Weird. off, but it sounds identical. Wow. So I did a little oh, bit of digging and this mm. piece of music, which is called Heart of Courage by Two Steps from Hell, 
uh, is actually in everything from the trailers for the Chronicles of Narnia Voyage of the Dawn Treader, uh, the official launch trailer for the video game Mass Effect 2, uh, TV spots for the DVD of the movie Avatar. And then mm-hmm. I learned that Two Steps from Hell is actually a production music company whose music exclusively exists to be used in things. And oh, so we okay. have most likely been listening to their music for years without knowing it. Well, so interesting. I mean, yeah. look, this is probably not news to most people because a lot of the Bachelor, like reality TV, like uh, score feels pretty stock music-y. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, it's not really going to surprise anybody that these are pumped out on an industrial scale. Um, but it is interesting if anybody has the time to go through that Wikipedia page and just be like, oh, this is in like 50 things and then their next song on the album is in 50 things and like they've been doing this for years incredible also that nathan for you went most viral a couple of years ago for doing a stunt called dumb starbucks which involved him opening up a rival chain under parody law called dumb starbucks uh and he set it up opposite an actual starbucks it went Incredibly viral yeah, on the huge. internet. And here on The Bachelor, we have a fucking hundred dumb Starbucks dates. <laughs> wow. Maybe it's like subliminal. Right. I mm. when it, Well, that's what caught my eye was like, is this like a little in-joke from somebody who is working behind the scenes or somebody who's editing this episode? Like if it had been in the previous episode where we had the biggest mm. Starbucks extravaganza, it would be without a doubt. But here, oh, sorry, I believe it was a Melbourne extravaganza. <laughs> sorry, of course, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Which is like to say the synonyms, obviously. Obviously, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one and the same thing. Um, all right, so here's the first hometown. It is Carly in the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. She's standing the ninch. <laughs> the ninch did you say? Yep. Give her a ninch and she'll take a mile. Uh, she's standing very casually in the middle of a vineyard as if she's just been like plonked down there. Uh, Where's oh. the Starbucks though? <laughs> yeah, true. it's true. It's really weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Plonked down there like wine. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not worth going back Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Max would never apologize to me for that. <laughs> Uh, no, I was saying sorry as in sorry to our listeners. Oh, I understand. That. that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, yeah they deserve it. <laughs> um, she ITMs that if my hometown goes well, I can definitely see myself falling in love with Jimmy. Yeah, this could be the real deal. Jimmy walks up to meet her and they hug and kiss, but not Huju, before walking down the line of vines together, which Carly's parents have owned for over 10 years. Um, must be nice. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, the parents. We've got her mum, Chris, and her dad, Russell Hodges, who played with South Melbourne and Fitzroy in the Victorian Football League in the 1970s. Um, I could tell you more about his career because I did do a deep dive, but I, I unfortunately don't know anything about the VFL or the <laughs> AFL. Uh, and then there's Carly's brother, Ryan, who is the protective one that you've got to look out for. Um, obviously there's always one of these and I think it's about time we came up with a snappy name for them. And I was thinking maybe the guard dog. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Cause it's mm. like, Oh, come to my hometown and meet my guard dog. Right. <laughs> Beware of the dog. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Um, Jimmy tells the group that there's been a lot of drama in the house, but Carly's the one person who hasn't changed. And he says that she's the one person that he can trust. And Rusty asks what qualities about Carly he likes in particular. Mm -hmm. 
And Jimmy says, apart from being very beautiful, I think it's kind of like a calm stability. It's like mm. always very calm and predictable. Mm. And mm. Carly asks under her breath, is that a good thing? <laughs> you don't. I mean, you don't. Did really. he mean to say dependable? Yeah. I feel like there's I mean, a few either things way, he might he's have... describing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Loyal you know I mean? and shiny. And friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Got a nice Smells thick good after coat. a bath. Yeah. 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 I mean, I totally understand like both sides of this. So it was like just, you know, kind of a fun thing to have happened where it's like, oh, we understand what you meant, but also, haha, you said right. something else. Right. Kind of. mm-hmm. I think it's right. th- we were talking about this last week about how like if you can have a bad reading of something, if you open up even a crack of vulnerability within the way that you're phrasing something, or if it's possible for someone to have the most uncharitable reading of what you've said, mm. then they will do that and it is to their advantage to do it and the show will thrive on that. Mm. Not even yeah, really exactly in a mean-spirited that. way, but it's just like, great, we've got what this is about. Yeah. Yep. yep. He's done a faux pas in front of the guard dog. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the producers walking around with the walkie-talkies being like, he's done it. <laughs> we got him. Guard dog. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we all know from watching the show exactly what he meant. Right. Mm. But. Um, There's no yeah. actual room for misinterpretation there, but they're like, fucking, yeah. yes. Put it in, double it, <laughs> underline it. <laughs> even sure that it isn't a word like I guess I don't know because honestly I don't think anyone has described me as predictable before so <laughs> it's hard mm. to say but I don't think that it is necessarily bad no, no I had true. this conversation with my fiance Danny she was like that's so nice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I understand how how yeah exactly how it happened Mm. Um, but that's like kind of how, like my sister, for example, for her, like the highest compliment is to be called normal. Whereas like for mm. me, it's like, to me, that's like not a thing that I would like anyone right. to say about me, but I understand why that's, and I think maybe predictable's a word like that, where to some people it could be quite triggering and other people would be like, that's what I aim to be. So. Right. Yeah. 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 And within this context, Carly is someone who I've called normal multiple times <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. And I think it's because in comparison mm. to the other women who are in the house and the drama that's unfolding, Carly has been steady. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, in this context, that's like a fabulous compliment, I think. I agree. Yeah. 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 So guard dog Ryan and his wife Tess, <laughs> dogs get married. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, they take Jimmy away for a hot seat chat where he says, you use the words calm and stable. I think there's a lot more to her. Have you got a sense of that yet? Which I think it's a really good way to phrase it. Yeah. They're just like a moment of vulnerability. It's time to strike. Yeah. But even if we think back to Carly's first single date, Jimmy's like, she's flat and boring and I don't know if I like her. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he was like, I'm going to have to challenge her by making her walk down a building to see if she's oh, that's right. got something that is, um, re- resembles panache. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this um, is, I wonder like if, if his, or maybe if she hasn't lived up to, or if, if the way that she comes across doesn't meet his standard of like, I'm going on a jet ski. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, can I just say right now as well I actually don't know what 
Jimmy's looking for, I'm kind of realizing. Mm, totally. You know, like, and I don't know if this happens every season and I get caught up in the show without really realizing, but mm. but I know right now that I, I don't know what he's looking for because I don't, I wouldn't say that he, as much as he's saying, oh, it's so great to have someone that's so dependable is what he meant to say. As yes. Charlie, it's also like he's been constantly looking for someone to, yeah, be like, I don't know, spontaneous and adventurous and mm. Right, And I'm using air quotes on all of those words because he just means I want them to ride on the back of my jet ski with a blindfold on, yeah. really. Also, yeah. I, I don't. I, I noticed you didn't Let's mention go. it, Come but on, please. he seemed actually pissed off that no one went into his tent. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because the amount of times he's brought it up, and every time he's like, "Well, you should have, you should have done it." I'm like, he's so good. He was like all night. He was like, "One of them's gonna come in and make Someone's out with me." Someone's coming in. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if like, someone got in his ear and was like, "This is why we've set this up." I know it's a hassle. We've got to drive all the way out here, but like, <laughs> it's gonna pay off. You're gonna have a pretty interesting late night encounter. And he's like, "You're all right, then." Okay. He's like, "Finally, yeah. please." And then it's like, "Not." Nah. And he's—I think he was actually annoyed because it's like every single woman he was like, "Yeah, why didn't you then?" Yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> I've gotten the impression from some somewhat spurious like sources and Daily Mail articles and stuff like that that this season, perhaps even more than other seasons, and this is always kind of under the surface, but they have been fairly strict about what he can and can't do, and there have been like you know mm. people minding him and making sure that there's not too much happening outside of the constructs of the show and that kind of thing. So maybe yeah. he particularly saw this opportunity as a time when the defenses were down and like, you know, the night- rebellious hairline could really, <laughs> the night yeah. watchman outside the tent had dozed off with the torch <laughs> under his chin or whatever. And uh, yeah. Well, and yeah. they could have gone into his tent and they didn't and that's fine. But mm. I, mm. he just was so disappointed. <laughs> and that's why he was slept in that morning. He's like, I was up all night waiting. Yeah. For him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He still had like a face of makeup on and like, yeah. Um, oh, poor thing. Oh, dear. But by the, my point is, I don't know what he's looking for, actually. It's true. It's true. And I feel like... Uh, Maybe it is they feel like it's to the advantage of the narrative to obfuscate that a little bit because mm. it makes mm. it makes it more possible for just about anybody to end up winning. But like I feel stronger about people if I feel like they are in line with what it feels like he's looking for, right? Yeah, totally. True. And then it's easier because like I can see more clearly through his eyes like, oh, well, I wouldn't have picked that person, but I know that these qualities are important. Yeah. So I'm like supporting these choices but they just seem a bit more scattered when we like not sure like i mm. really don't know what he wants maybe they and got maybe i'm just saying that because carly's gone i'm like what do you but maybe they got some audience feedback that or i don't know if they care what the audience mm-hmm. thinks at all but maybe they maybe they assume that the audience wants to make these decisions for themselves yeah. because it makes you feel more a part of the decision making process even though obviously yeah. you're not you know, to make you see everything, well, to not make you see things through the eyes of The Bachelor, but to make them see, make you see them through your own eyes instead. Fair enough. And obviously people do actually love watching and being angry at the choices. True. Yeah. 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 As we are this week. (laughs) It's true. Well, and every week. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, we wouldn't have a podcast if it weren't for Jimmy says, if it is Carly at the end of this, then we do just start dating and let it happen at a natural pace. And then the guard dog's wife, Tess, says, I feel like you just take you take two years to get to know that person. And at the two-year mark, that's when you're moving together. 
I don't know. Yeah, a lot of this stuff felt like a little hard to pass and maybe just kind of a little bit rote. They were just trying to piece together what feels like a normal hometown from the dialogue mm. that they'd been given. Um, it's and then, totally normal. Yeah, right. Like, you will date for two years and then you'll move in together. Thank you. Bye. Oh, well, I, I interpreted that as not when you move into a house together, but when the two of you are making the same movements. Oh, like move in lockstep. Yeah, within like in your relationship. Because I think that's, that's what he said when you're moving together, rather than like when you move in together. Oh. yeah. Like, or it means like you buy a car together. Sure. Or something. Like, but it's not like Jimmy bought a car that you know Carly gets to ride in or whatever. It's like <laughs> the two of them. I don't know. It's a. It's very hard to tell. This one is not. Yeah. Um, Jimmy bought a jet ski. <laughs> that exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jimmy's and a blindfold. Also. Right. <laughs> Jimmy's not interested in cars. He'll take two motorbikes, but he won't. He won't take the four wheel car. He likes cars too. Planes. <laughs> cars too is the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then according to the edit, the brother just kind of magically changes his mind. I think there's ITMs where he says, "Seeing Carly and Jimmy tonight, she seems happy." Jimmy's a very nice young man. He seems sincere and Carly's happy next to him. So I wish them all the very best. It's like, oh, all right. I guess we ran out of time to make that make sense. Um, Carly ITMs. I think Jimmy did really well tonight. He answered my family's questions, honestly. And after seeing him with my family, I can definitely see him being the person that I spend my life with. And the doorstop debrief goes well. Um, I'm coining a phrase. You know, when they have the chat after oh, the yeah. hometown and they stand on the doorstep one. same time every yeah. time. Um, he tells her, in a house full of drama, you're the one person I can look to and know that you are rock solid. Mm. Carly says, over time, I can see that this could become something big for us. And my feelings are strong. Yeah, I can definitely see myself falling in love with you. And they share a kiss. And in voiceover, Carly says, I think he has a pretty good idea of what a life with me would look like. I understand that this is his love story, but hopefully it's mine too. Ugh, flawless. How could you play it better? Like, yeah. honestly, what what more could you possibly... We've said this a few times about Carly, but literally mm. what more could you ask? Yeah. She's I, so good. Yeah. I, 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 I secretly hope that she was just faking it and she's just actually like a flawless player of the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because, because she, she really... Because if, if she really was genuine about all of that, it is obviously... Much more devastating. It's sad, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Super heartbreaking. Mm. What's interesting is that she gave an interview with Template this week mm. where she says, to be honest, I really struggled after hometowns. I was in my head and wasn't sure at the time what that was. Mm. I guess the family aspect made it really real. Um, then she talks about how this wasn't a game for her. And oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's that thing you said. <laughs> I think I didn't want to be real. Yeah. I guess she was not competitive enough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um yeah she says like i had a pretty pretty emotional few days in the lead up so when i wasn't chosen it was almost like uh was that what my intuition was telling me all along that's rough Mm. well uh onwards to hometown number two this is jay's (laughs) hometown of sydney We're given a brief recap of Jacinta Lal, the good and the bad. She's attractive. She's fun. She's adventurous. (laughs) But also she's unfortunately aware of the fact that she might get some Instagram followers out of being on The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, actually, and I don't think we've really talked about this, Janie, about like how much this might have come into consideration for you. Like you were originally on the show in 2016, which... Feels like decades ago in terms of how mm. quickly like influencer culture and Instagram and stuff has evolved. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you were back on Bachelor in Paradise in 2019. 
Like, yeah, yeah, it aired 2020, but yeah. it was filmed 2019. So. so, like, what was the experience? Like, did social media factor into um, what you thought might happen out of either or both of those experiences? Please don't forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. You, of course. You would never. Uh, yeah, I don't want to paint you by the same brush as the wicked and evil <laughs> Jay. Um, so for those are... of you who don't know, I do have 40RR tattooed on my knuckles, which does stand for For the Right Reasons, which mostly I just find <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but I will say back in 2016, it was a very different situation. Instagram obviously existed, mm. but um, and the people who made it to the end did really well Instagram-wise. Mm-hmm. but mostly the ones to the end because that was back in the day it might have even been the last season where this happened where we actually had to go on social media shutdown Mm. oh yeah yeah so that was back in the day when like if they could have it their way that you would just delete every social media account you had right they were trying to pretend that social media didn't exist i guess yeah so whereas now they're fully embracing it as part of yeah which Mm. it makes sense but yeah so that was what they did and so you weren't allowed to post you had to have private accounts um, so that's why it would be hard for anyone who left early to on. To find you, yeah. Right, because also, like, if people did find you, you've got nothing there for them to see, and then they're going to forget about it by the time you're allowed to post again. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, but the people who who did last a long time did pretty well, which is good because I think you should be able to get that out of it. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that, yeah, you are 40WR, if you will, um, if you get a lot of, instagram followers or if you make a career out of that that's you know i mean maybe you really were there for love and that's your consolation prize kind of thing yeah. like you don't know well, that's the thing you're doing quite a lot of actual work you're taking time away from your yeah. job and you know like you're you know it's a sacrifice that there yeah. should be at least some you know if you are yeah. forced into the hellscape of like living as a influencer or micro micro influencer in the year 2021 or whatever <laughs> like and that gives you some sense of joy or pleasure or advantage or financial gain or something, then like, please, do we have to shame these people? No, exactly. I don't think that's fair. Um, There's you, because also it's the kind of thing where you have to consider that that's a possibility anyway, and you have to at least be comfortable with it. Mm. I'm Mm. not saying being an influencer because you don't have to do that. Even if you get a million followers, you don't have to be an influencer, but you have to be comfortable with people knowing who you are and being able to find out things about you that you might've thought weren't for everyone to know kind of thing. And then if you are comfortable with that, then you'd also think that it's fine. And if you do get a following. Roses from the 80s, 90s, and now on 4TRR FM, home <laughs> of the BOH pod. Max Quinn, Xavier Rebetsky, Noonan, Janie Burks, all with you. So much to come still here on this episode, including Brooks' hometown. What was going on with that? <laughs> right now, back to the action. Xavier Rebetsky, Noonan, what do you got for us? Well, there's a lot of traffic down here. Um, uh yeah, um, Jay meets Jimmy in Centennial Park in Sydney's eastern suburbs and tells him that she goes running in this park all the time. And Jimmy says, oh, I'm surprised I haven't seen you there before. 
I went to an outdoor screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show there when I was a teenager, and I'm surprised I didn't see either of them there as well. Mm. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. I was <laughs> It was like prime teenage dressing up as something oh. embarrassing and hopefully nobody taking any photos of it type of situation. <laughs> it. uh, it's worth noting that Centennial Park is just near a, pa- a suburb called Paddington. Jay tells Jimmy... <laughs> Jay tells Jimmy that her dad, Ramesh, has come over from New Zealand to meet him, but her mom can't make it for health reasons. But she is also bringing her friends, Claire, Sarah, and Rochelle. And Rochelle is going to be the guard dog for this hometown. Uh, Ramesh has gotten up early to cook a prawn curry for the group and tells Jimmy, you better like it. (laughs) I love Ramesh. Oh, yeah. Ramesh is great. What a star. I keep waiting for one of the family members to really break out from uh, from one of these hometowns. And I don't know if we necessarily mm. saw that person this time around. Um, but sometimes, like, what, what, are, what I mean, the, uh, the one that springs to mind is actually from Richie's hometown where he had to, like, box against that, like... That's right, Elena's Was it stepdad. Elena's stepdad? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for a moment like that to strike again. I don't know if it really happened here. Claire asked what Jimmy was thinking going into the Bachelor experience, and he says, Last year I had a lot of time off work, as I'm sure we were all affected in various ways, and so you kind of reevaluate everything in life. And yeah, I, I, I really like that, by the way. Like I like when yeah. they acknowledge that the pandemic has existed, particularly on this season where they're trying to pretend a lot of the time that it, that it hasn't or doesn't or isn't currently. Yeah. Also, I thought that was like so so valid that it, like I don't know if that is true for him or not, mm. but it sounded so good. I was like, he should have been saying that this whole time. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Instead of just playing the pilot card at every opportunity, he should have been like, "Well, no, I'm. You know, things have been a bit rocky. Yeah. Horror picture show in Centennial Park." I wish. <laughs> That's true. If Jimmy had a oh, bit more of that gosh. energy. They should do that as a group date. Remember um, that time that you said, and I I love it. I'm like, remember that time? I wasn't there, but I did listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Where you said you wanted to do like a a whole Halloween season, not just a Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I'm still so obsessed with that idea. idea. I forgot about that. Well, for one thing, they could live in a haunted mansion. Yeah. This is amazing. I love it. Because you're stuck in there. Like, oh, so Mm -mm. good. Yeah. Anyway, Osha Goolsberg. I mean, it rides itself. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, I hadn't met anyone. And the opportunity quote sort of came up, um, which I I believe he was approached, right? So he's kind of like winking at it. Um, And he says, it's something that it's proven. There are a bunch of marriages and kids that have come out of it. And that is true. And I'm not going to correct him. There is only one couple still together from the past four years of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like, I don't know if we can count Glenn and Alicia and Mary and Connor from yeah, Paradise. Yeah, they count. They, they, they count, together. but they're on Paradise. He's not on Paradise. Wait, there's more I than suppose. one. Who else is okay. there? Oh Who gosh. is there? There's I'm, Maddie J and Laura. Yeah. That wasn't from the past four years. Oh. Oh, okay. This is the, five years ago. Right. Yeah, oh, sorry. I didn't realize. I thought living. you meant in total. I was like. No, no. <laughs> we've got a few, but they're from a yeah. while ago. Yeah. Oh, mm. oh. What is. Yeah. What's happening there? I think the most recent, like, long running one was. Uh, uh, Ali and Tate, who were together for like two years, but they didn't pass really? that famous two-year test that we were just talking about. <laughs> mm. Anyway, I mean that. I mean that's a real technicality of like, ah, oh, nobody from the past four years who hasn't been on the Bachelor of Paradise. But anyway, um, mm, but that's. I mean, that is a good point to mm. point out. It's not it's- like an incredible track record. 
No, it used to be so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to love telling people that when they would like give me shit about it. I'd be like, excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's well, the receipts. And now you can't really do that. I mean, we could get into a, a wider conversation about this, but I do think there mm. there has been a shift in this show over the past few years. As much as it seems like uh, things are pretty consistent, I think the casting has been a little different and the, um, you know, the the... I don't know. I mean, I mean, I can't boil it down to a, a single sentence of how the show feels different, but I think the early years of the show were very focused on, like, as we've said, social media was not as big a part of it. Like mm. people had less reasons to want to go onto the show. Um, whereas now there is a lot more that goes into that decision and mm. it may not necessarily be like finding love and falling. I mean, obviously everyone's here for the right reasons, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's curious to see if for the longevity and the future of this show that will become more or less of a focus. Mm. Could kind of go either way. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate that because that was something cool as well about Australia specifically because the US one has always had yeah. a terrible track record, but we could be like, but here in Australia. It's a fresh start. <laughs> we believe in love for realsies. And yeah. now it's like, and uh, maybe, maybe Well, not look, so all bad. we have to do is convince all of these broken up couples to get back mm. together. That's all it takes. <laughs> and then all all the bridges are uh, uh, unburnt. They're mended, you know? Actually, wouldn't that be like a really fun kind of like special like Osher Ginsburg sitting down with all the couples mm. that have broken up? I'd, I would love that. Okay, paradise season that is just already <gasps> broken up couples. Oh, That's great. I love it. Ratings X gold. on the beach. I love yeah. that so much. <sighs> They're not paying me enough or at all. Um <laughs> So guard dog Rochelle pulls Jimmy aside for a chat, ITMing that Jay's dated someone in the past that was in the public eye, and she was really heartbroken by him. I'm worried that Jay's falling for the same type of guy. I think I want to save the chat about specifically who this seems to be until the end, because the teaser for next week gives us a little more information. And if anybody hasn't watched the episode... um, I don't know how you live your life exactly listening to a recap episode first, but whatever. <laughs> We're not going to judge you. We're not going to stand in your way. Um, she tells this to Jimmy as well, who ITMs. The fact that she hasn't mentioned this already worries me. The whole famous person thing just triggers me back into the rumors that Jay is only in it for fame. And it's funny that we don't really actually see much of the conversation. We're kind of cutting back and forth from these ITM yeah. segments that feel like a producer's in the room and they're controlling the conversation a little bit more. Um, Jimmy ITMs, I'm definitely not here for fame. And if Jay's sole purpose for being here is to be famous, I find that pretty devastating. I'm not sure how much I want to agree with that or, or believe it really. Big dog, you're the bachelor. Yeah, you are the bachelor from The Bachelor. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't have anything other than to say than you are the bachelor. I think it's just this like <laughs> insistence that this couldn't be further from the truth and yeah. like to even mention yeah. it is questioning my character and that sort of thing instead totally. of being like I understand why you might feel that way or you know it mm. doesn't feel like they're really actually having a conversation about this whenever it comes up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's all a bit murky. I wonder if it wouldn't bother him that much if it weren't for the fact that the first time it came up, she said she wanted to come second. 
Yeah. He heard, which we do not know. But, you know, maybe if he found out that she dated someone famous and she wanted to be a presenter, maybe that wouldn't really bother him. But the fact that he's also heard that she said she wants <laughs> to... That's true. ...appear to have gotten her heart broken by him and not actually get chosen, that mm. makes it a very different story because... Mm that makes you way more inclined to think that she's pulling the wool over your eyes, which I don't know if she is or not, but I don't like that. Yeah. She's so insistent on never having ever said any of the things that makes me believe her less. Right. I would, True. I would believe her much more if she said, Oh, you know what, what I might have said is this other thing. Cause I say this and yeah. this is true. And maybe that's what she heard. And it got misconstrued to be like, it's a flat out lie. It came out of nowhere. I yeah. never would do that. I would that never. Just, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't really track. And, it, but I feel the same way about Jimmy saying to Rochelle, I'm not the type that wants to get famous. And for me, I don't need to be in the public eye. If I could <laughs> take it or leave it, I'd leave it. Uh, like, no, you haven't. <laughs> that's no. not what's happened to you. <laughs> Sorry, it's, my friend. It's just annoying that he can get off saying those things. <laughs> yeah, like he can get away he has with the it. Moral high ground. Yeah, it's it's not fair. I mean, no. it's yeah. It I, speaks to the power dynamics of this show, right? Yes, Where it's like exactly. he could be a fucking gigantic liar, and nobody's going to call him on it. Right. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's so icky to me because mm. yeah, because he can do that and. And some people who are susceptible to the edit will also be like, yeah, Jimmy doesn't want fame and she does. It's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> he says, I think people that come on this show to be in the public eye generally don't have anything going with their career. I'm like Ooh. that feels like a personal slight against somebody. Oh, against how many of us? I was like, right. whoa. But particularly, yeah, but he doesn't have a career right now. Well, that's he's, true. As much as he's a pilot, it is rough to hear this. Man this is in unemployed this, yeah. in this uh, circumstance. Yeah, he goes, "I've worked really hard to get where I am in my career." Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, and this doesn't in any way get me promoted at work. It doesn't work like that in the aviation industry. I can't start an Instagram channel about how to be a pilot, and uh. then suddenly I'm going to be hired by the greatest airline in the world. If anything, and I'm fucking laughing right now, if anything, it actually makes work more difficult for me because people know your business. Yeah. I'm like, methinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, there is something to that, but that goes for every one of the women's jobs too, a lot of the time. Mm. Like sometimes mm. people don't want you in their office because you were that girl from The Bachelor. Uh huh. I've right, heard. Totally. I've definitely heard of that happening to people. That feels real. Yeah. They they get less work because people don't take them as seriously in their careers. That sucks. So like for him to be like, oh, it would make my career harder, and it would make all of these women's careers easier. That's like not true at all. Like yeah, right. I didn't yeah. like any because of this. The sweeping assumption is that they're here to be influencers. Which, yeah. fuck, uh, who knows if they have the ability to carve out any little square on the internet for right. themselves fine but it doesn't like those things are mm. not mutually exclusive no and yeah. like what percentage does that happen to like yeah it just right and you know what he had every right to be nervous that jay might be lying to him because she actually wants to get her heart broken on tv and have a career he has every right to be upset about that but mm -hmm. all of this i was like no, yeah not no. not okay and they, there's a couple of other things at play here that i think are interesting one is like it almost sounds like he regrets being the bachelor. Like he's truly like saying too much. He's showing his whole ass by saying like, oh, well, this is going to make my job so hard. And, you know, I didn't want to be in the public eye or whatever. It's like, well, dude, I'm yeah. sorry, buddy. You signed on the dotted line. 
Like, mm. I'm ruining my life to make right. you famous on Instagram. Like, what? But also, like, the worst case scenario of what he is proposing here, you know, because he's talking about, like, oh, if I get too big and famous and have too many Instagram followers, then what? I will sell flat tummy tea on Instagram and then fucking just joyride around in my little fucking Zippy 2 engine that I've got out in the shed on my own schedule instead of doing the late night shifts for Virgin Blue or whatever. Like, you're you're going to be okay, dude. Yeah, not cool. Hmm. Uh, and Rochelle also mentions pretty offhandedly um, about Jay that I think, uh, quote, I think she wants to be a presenter. This actually shouldn't surprise anybody. It's on her LinkedIn page. She took a course in presenting and then gave presentations to AFL teams as a sports nutritionist. And I also think, like, she'd probably be really good at it, too. Like, who cares? In the doorstop debrief, Jay tells Jimmy that you meeting my family has made my feelings even stronger for you. I feel quite vulnerable at the moment because I could see myself falling in love with you. And that's really, really scary. Jimmy ITM saying, I want to confront Jay tonight, but hearing that from Jay, I feel like maybe the emotions are real but this could be a massive misread if I get this wrong. Did you notice how she's saying almost the exact same things that Carly said, but like it sounded <laughs> like so fake, like even, yeah. like, the, and it's the, it was the music 100%. I mean, I tried to I watch bet. it again and be like, if I take it out and I still, I was like, oh, it sounds so fake when she's saying it and so real when Carly says it, but I know it's the edit, but it's just, it's so annoying. The music's working hard this week, for sure. It's like, it was really, I mean, Carly also said that beautiful, like, oh, that love storyline. I was like, oh my God, get it. Yeah. Like she should yeah. be a writer for this show. But, but like, <laughs> but really there's the same sentiment completely. And it just, it, Jay seemed to be lying. And I'm like, why do like, that's, I don't mm. know if that's me <laughs> or like, how they tricking me, but maybe she's lying. I don't know. Well, it is interesting when two people can say so things that are so similar, but you get completely different reads from yeah. them, which I definitely think happened here. Yeah. Crazy. Hometown number three is Sydney again. Uh, this one is Holly, and it is by far the shortest of all four of them. Um, this one clocks in at like nine minutes, 55 seconds. All of the other are like 15 plus uh, because who cares basically about Holly's hometown? <laughs> Uh, starting with this, Jimmy just fucking walks into Holly's house. That's <laughs> where we start. Uh, they kiss. Holly asks if he's had a haircut. He hasn't. Um, before ITMing, I feel like my family and friends are going to be very impressed. Um, we've met Holly's mom, Lisa, already, but there will also be Holly's best friend, Sam, and her parents, and Sam's parents, Brian and Antonia, who looked after her during her teenage years after her parents split up. And as they sit down to lunch, Sam asks, have you had long-term girlfriends prior to this? To which Jimmy replies, I spent the majority of my late teens and 20s in relationships, so I haven't really done the dating thing much. Now, Max, we mm. had a guest on our podcast who mm. went by the nom de plume mystery Lucy. Mm. Does she fucking exist? Very hard to say mm. at this point. A, st a straight up denial from Jimmy on television that he has dated before mm. might invalidate the existence of this woman who uh, is very real and exists. <laughs> Seems like shots fired at the podcast in what I thought was quite a good episode. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> Sam pulls Jimmy for a chat on the sidelines. 
Jimmy tells her, Holly and I have a genuine connection, and I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it. Sam quite astutely says, genuine connection is such a nice phrase, but it does feel a little bit generic if we're being honest. I like this because yeah. anytime you, that Sam. you can realize that he is kind of saying a soundbite, I think you should pull at that thread. Oh, so cool. He says, I've seen amazing traits in Holly that I think she'll be an amazing life partner. Okay. Um, she asks whether five years from now, if there are kids in the picture with Jimmy working all the time, will she basically be a single mom half the time? And Jimmy says, when I'm back, I'm back. When I'm here, I'm here 24 seven. So I'm available to do the lunches, to do childcare, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is enough for Sam, who in VO says, after my conversation with Jimmy, I do feel like he really cares about Holly. I'm not sure if he mentioned Holly, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, and then Antonia says, Jimmy, it's been lovely to meet you. Good luck and make the right decision whilst pointing at Holly. Mm -hmm. And Brian, the dad, oh, the, not the dad. The Stand-in dad. Brandon, Brandon the stand-in Danden, uh, who doesn't appear to have said anything to Jimmy, tells Holly, he seems all right, with a thumbs up. And then in, in an ITM, I guess maybe Brian was the only one that they could get to do an ITM, because he goes, from what we've seen around the dinner table today, it seems pretty natural, and it's nice to see some young love. <laughs> that was great. He was the closest to like a character that popped out for me, I think. Brian, that's gross. <laughs> all right. Let's not question Brian's motives here. <laughs> Brian's my friend. <laughs> uh, in their doorstop debrief, there are some scary, oh, yeah. squeaky violin harmonics. Mm. And you, we're talking about the Halloween version of this show, oh, right? And this is exactly what we're dealing with here. Holly says, now that my family and friends are involved, I'm just terrified. Ooh. Uh, she ITM saying, I'm just so conscious that he's got this big decision coming up and I can feel myself closing up. I'm just really trying to fight that feeling mm. and this eerie tinkly piano music and like industrial sounding percussion plays in the background as Jimmy kisses Holly whispers sweet dreams <laughs> and slowly walks out of her driveway past this big hedge wall and the camera stays on this image for a moment and we cut to a handheld camera which shows both Jimmy hesitating for a moment outside her house and Holly slumping down into the fetal position in the doorway. She then walks down the driveway after him and they embrace again saying, I just wanted to say one last goodbye. Mm. It's a really scary little set piece that feels very indebted to John Carpenter's 1978 masterpiece of suburban horror, Halloween. Between the looming figure disappearing behind a hedge, which is an iconic sequence from that film, the affluent latchkey neighborhood with this lingering dark presence, the eerie stillness of the night and the unsettling music. As a big horror fan, I kind of loved it. I liked it for different reasons. I just thought it was nice. <laughs> but what, what was going on here? Like, if not, if not a nod to Halloween, which mm. I'm sure it wasn't intentionally uh, as much as I would like it to be. Like, what did you get from this? Because it felt uneasy. It didn't feel uneasy to me. Really? Uh, yeah, it just felt nice. I don't know. Like, I watched it and was like, this is odd that she's slinking down and going over here, but then they go back together. I just, I didn't really question it. Mm. As uh, someone who questions a lot about this show, I just sort of took this in and was like, okay. I'm fascinated by that. I Janie, was what was your take? Yeah, I was confused. Um, only for the fact that when she decided, I am, I'm going to go 
say something, one more thing. I assumed it was mm. going to be, I can see myself falling in love with you like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But then yeah. it was just like, good night. And I was like, oh, what? I don't know what's going on. Is that maybe what the mm. tension was of like, we're supposed to be thinking like, oh, she hasn't said the thing. I thought so. Another John Carpenter oh, movie, The Thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I thought that she was like, I mean, I thought that's what was happening is because she's in her voiceover, she's saying she's freaking out and she doesn't know if she can do it. And and then, you know, he walks away. So then she's like, oh, I, I didn't do it. I didn't say the thing. And then she's like, I'm going to do it. That That's how I was reading the situation. And then she didn't. And I don't know then how she felt after that. If she's like, that was all I needed to say. Or if she was like, oh, I didn't again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard for me to imagine how they're going to, they live together. If, mm. uh, uh, uh <laughs> yeah. In this village of the damned. That the, <laughs> never mind. Max is better at this than me. You did that Fleetwood Mac thing last week. It was incredible. Um, okay. Uh, hometown number four. This is Brooke. She, uh, apparently lives in Melbourne. Huh. News to me. Yeah. In a Starbucks. Uh, yeah right um and yeah this feels a little bit tricky to me i i honestly had the feeling and i wonder if you guys did too because it feels like this mood is in the air a little bit that like i kind of wondered whether we should be watching this at times like well i mean maybe that's put, pushing it a little too far but just like the it is very fresh that brooke has come back to this show after a family right. tragedy and mm. like there are points like we've talked about before where it feels like she is not and I don't mean this in a, in a harsh or a mean way, but she's not necessarily operating at her full, like, you know, mm. an emotional capacity maybe, or, mm. um, you know, I, I worry maybe that like she has rushed into the decision of coming back to the show or producers or mm. somebody has seen it as a good opportunity that she is quite vulnerable right now. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I actually hadn't considered that. That really actually makes that whole, my, grandparents died so we could be together a lot more depressing though mm. yeah i mean look i mean may, your your mileage may vary there's there's every chance i'm kind of reading that into it and um i think we have a tendency on this podcast to try and be as protective as possible of basically everybody um which may not always necessarily be the case and maybe she's actually fine maybe she didn't know her grandparents that well or whatever you know there's there's a lot of things that might be going on here but there there are moments in this date and we'll get to them where i was like Ugh. Uh, but anyway, um, they meet at the park near St. Kilda Beach. Um, Jimmy asks if they're going to have coffee and cake and Brooke <laughs> says, no more fucking coffee, please. <laughs> Which is so weird because that's like the most important aspect of her personality. I thought. Yeah, I don't know what else they're supposed to do in the city of Melbourne. Um, she's got some chocolate eclairs for them to share. What a great little like Greek bakeries down near St. Kilda Beach. Oh my Beach. gosh, yes, Ackland yeah. Street, so good. Yeah. But also Starbucks. <laughs> mm. <laughs> there is I, actually one on there. So. <laughs> I did I saw somebody uh on Twitter saying like, "Oh, I work at this bakery in St. Kilda and mm -hmm. I'm in charge of the eclairs and <gasps> I wonder if like this was I piped the cream into these or whatever." Ooh. Wow. Um just great. I love it. I love that of the, you know, 400,000 people or whatever that were watching, one of them happened to be the Eclair Piper for this date. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's a shame it wasn't sponsored content then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's true. You, then you'd really know. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. 
Brooke ITMs, I am feeling a little bit concerned about where I stand with Jimmy at this point in time. She tells Jimmy, you'll be meeting my mom, Suzanne, and my dad, Martin, but you'll also be meeting my older sister, Calesta. And I assume she is talking about the Calesta role in that chocolate eclair. I know. I don't know anything about baking. No, I mean, (laughs) is it a baking joke? Oh, just cholesterol is like. Oh, sorry, I get it. Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) But now, anyone else who didn't get it, now they also get it. So yeah, you also yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. (laughs) So her sister cholesterol, and then her um, mother star, and her father buck. Was it? Is that what it was? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then the guard dog is her brother, Kristen. Um, we arrive at Brooke's beautiful Melbourne home and meet her eclectic family before Calesta and Suzanne take Brooke to the kitchen where Brooke volunteers. I like him so much. I'm falling for him. Calesta mm. says, you've got stars in your eyes. You've got bucks in your eyes as well. <laughs> Sorry. Calesta uh, ITMs. She looks like she's in love, but Brooke lives in fairyland. There's three other girls, and it could be that he ends up with someone else. Brooke lives in Fairyland is just, it's an apt depiction of this woman yeah. based on it does seem what a bit that we've way. seen on this yeah. show. Brooke tells her sister and her mother that coming back to the mansion and seeing him flirt with other women was hard, and she starts to cry. She says, these girls have built such strong chemistry with him. It's so much harder than I thought it would be. Mm. And then we go to the break and we cut back and like kooky little pizzicato strings start playing. Um, I feel like I remember hearing some of those strings behind your entrance so, to the show. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. I'm like, yeah. hey, it's a, We should call them like music. the Janie strings. <gasps> oh my gosh, thank you. I'd be honored. Yes. Brooke's just a pale imitation. You know? oh, actually, yeah, I, I do see a lot of myself in Brooke, especially mm. back when I did do the show, except for that I didn't develop feelings but i could see me totally going the way that she went up aside hopefully i guess from the grandparents thing because um unfortunately Mm. mine have not bestowed me with powers yet um it's coming but when they do (laughs) yeah (laughs) shouldn't really wish for that yet but um sorry Um, when you wish upon a star um and and it's these these strings are playing whilst brooke is telling a story about locking her nan in the back shed when she was a kid. And like, it is a funny story, but the fact that like they are all healing from this trauma, like that is recent to do with the grandparent. Like it just feels, I don't know. There's something about this that like, I don't feel like the producers are approaching this on the level of serious seriousness that there is, Mm. or like there's some element of like a family bonding over like dark humor here that they're just absolutely not willing to engage with. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, That we're eulogizing maybe. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Mm. Yeah. It would have been nice to see them present it like that. Like, Mm. Oh, this family are being reunited again and, and, and just telling a lovely story. Yeah. Mm. Instead of just being like, isn't Brooke a kook? Yeah, you know? she might do that to you because she's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them says like, "Look out, Jimmy," or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's the wrong angle, I think. But anyway, we hear from Guard Dog slash Absolute Ten Out of Ten Hardy Kristen, um, who is also concerned about Jimmy's schedule. Um, let's just a sidebar for Kristen. This is a hot man. He has got 
uh, septum piercing that I think they have made him like flick it back up inside his nose because it's not as presentable for the TV. And then later on in the segment, you can see it starting to slip out a little bit. Oh, wow. Really good. It's detailed uh, viewing. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> I was paying attention to this guy. Uh, Jimmy says he works four or five nights a week, finishing by 11 p.m., but the plan is to do long haul, um, being away for a few days and then back home for a week or two. And then Kristen asks whether they've built enough of a connection to do long distance, which is a very fair question. And the drums go, dun, 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 dun. And we don't really hear the answer. Because <laughs> I think they love doing that on a on a grilling or on a, you know, particularly on a hometown date. They just love being like, that is a good question. And <laughs> never mind about the answer. You know? <laughs> Christian decides to pull Jimmy for a solo chat. He says, Brooke is definitely very close to the family, and she also relies quite heavily on her friends here in Melbourne. I do question how she would go if she was to move up to Sydney. Um, Jimmy says he doesn't expect her to move to Sydney for him, um, which is good because the borders are very firmly (laughs) closed. Um, But he hopes that they would be able to come to a decision together, although... They still like he's still not offering any actual alternatives, which is starting to get really frustrating to me because he is blindly hoping or at least maintaining that they'll just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That this will just be fine. I don't like that for a bachelor. The Mm -mm. lead needs to come in with alternatives for action plans. Right. Right. Depending on where they live. Like, I am willing to compromise in these ways and not in these ways because i i don't think you should be cast as a lead until you've done that you know yeah Agree. and it, it, like there's no reason why they shouldn't necessarily if they had to if they cast someone who was like strictly you know had to stay in wherever they were for their job and so had to be in sydney mm-hmm. cast a bunch of people from sydney or yeah. people who are willing to move or whatever you yeah. know it's yeah. not going to be the end of the world the, the season will still go on yeah. as was intended yeah this is just a mismatch yeah or i just I, and even if that is his stance that's okay but he yeah he's not providing any plans at all yeah of what he's thought about that's kind of a thing i think similar on paradise is that like uh, uh, quite a few people probably didn't do going in and that's a little bit not 40 uh if you know what i mean mm, it's like yeah if you are going there and and you're not thinking about like oh what if i meet a guy who lives in perth what am i going to do and you right. know and then when they come home they immediately break up yeah you know you got to oh, go yeah. in thinking about it if you if yeah if you're even going to pretend that you're 40 uh you have to at least be like i am willing to move to these places mm-hmm. or i would be able to compromise in these ways or i'm absolutely rigid and i won't but i will find someone who matches that yeah so right. it's it's disappointing to see him continually act like they're going to sort it out when they very well could not. Yeah. And, and that he's not particularly interested. Like it doesn't seem like a priority for him to communicate this stuff Mm. or yeah. Mm. Um, I think some criticism gets leveled against people. Like, is it Brooke? I think It, it is Brooke who like, because she has to live in Victoria, the other people are like, Oh, it's not going to work, but there's no criticism leveled against Jimmy for the same reason. Yeah. Well, I think that's because he's, yeah. Well, he, yeah, and he's being vague and that's actually mm. worse in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder also whether, um, because we're talking so much about his job, we are just supposed to take it for granted that his job is more important than 
anybody else's or a woman's or, you know, the woman that he ends up with is an Mm. occupational therapist. I guess maybe the idea is that you could do that anywhere or whatever. Right. Well, yeah. Feels dismissive. You could also be a pilot. Any, it's anywhere. true, right? <laughs> right? Often, often they have quite fast <laughs> vehicles available to them that can fly them from place to place as well. Yeah, and then that comes back to, and I'm still mad about it, like him saying that, like, oh, this actually makes my job harder, and <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. make these women's jobs harder. It's right? Yeah. Gross. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy says he needs a partner who is independent. Christian says Brooke would definitely struggle with that. You were saying that Brooke's independent, but then she's not. I think she'd feel very alone. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Drums, etc. Ab break. In their doorstep. Sorry. In their doorstep debrief, Brooke holds Jimmy's hands and says, it's hard coming back from what we went through in our family only a few weeks ago. I feel like I may be the most vulnerable I've ever been right now. I feel very raw. I know that you've got a big decision to make, but I want you to know that this is really special for me between us. And I really am falling for you a lot. It's really, it's very real for me. And it's just made me realize that I want you now more than ever. I, I I mean, you know, maybe I'm like fretting too much about this or whatever, but it feels like the two big events in her life right now are being interwoven in a way that I don't necessarily think is that healthy. Um, I'm not a therapist. I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not like, you know. I'm only observing this from what we've been given, but I'm just like the fact that she can say I'm the most vulnerable I've ever been right now. I feel very raw within this circumstance that really rewards that level of vulnerability. In most cases, she has gotten there in a way that like just doesn't feel super. I mean, I don't know. You wouldn't hope it would ever be forced upon you. Mm, mm. Um, They hug. She says, don't let me go into his neck. And they share a big kiss. Jimmy and ITM says a life with Brooke would be amazing. And I think we could give each other a really exciting and genuine partnership. And for me, the feelings are real. And I know Brooke feels the same. But after my chat with Christian, I know Brooke could make me happy. But I don't know if I could make Brooke happy. Mm. 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 We shed a tear. Yeah. I'm like really mad. I think he's still going to pick her. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 And they don't like it. Like Mm. for all of this reasons, like... It would be juicy. Maybe it not. Would be I don't very know who's going to pick. To be fair, but I, I, I can tell there's just something, and maybe it is. You know, they do say sometimes that, um, you know, people can kind of attract that, which is not good for them, kind of thing. Mm, I don't know. Maybe mm. that's what it is. You can see something between them that, like, is really there. I'm not saying it's like a genuine, healthy love connection, but there's he really likes her. I yeah. think. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it might not so well no matter what happens (laughs) yeah uh so at the rose ceremony what is there to say um all we saw this whole episode were reasons why maybe jay should go maybe brooke should go (laughs) Mm. holly didn't get as much time on her so maybe she should go but then the rose order goes holly brooke jay Mm. and carly sent home (laughs) she hugs the other women and jimmy Looks kind of ashamed of himself, honestly. Well, he should be kind mm. of. That's well, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the look I wanted to see on his face, frankly. Um, but Carly <laughs> is very kind about it. She tells Jimmy, 
this is your love story. She's like revisiting her incredible banger. Well, line probably because she was like, just in case they don't include it, it's really good. Oh, no, really want <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, totally. I was like, that's yeah. gold. I love it so much. Yeah. yeah. She probably had that written down in her notebook at, that she kept at the mansion yeah. and was like, I'm going to fucking say this three <laughs> times this week. Mm. Um, she goes, It's okay. I completely understand it. I hope you find your perfect person. And in her backseat interview, she says, I know it has no reflection on my hometowns of my family. Mm. There's just something missing for him. And hopefully he's got that with one of the other girls. Mm. Extremely for Tiara ending mm-hmm. for Carly. Mm-hmm. Um, Carly fucking rules. Yeah. Were you guys shaken by this? This was, I mean, I was gagged. I didn't know what to think at all. I didn't see it coming. This is the big like narrative thing of this episode. It's just like, there is no fucking reason for this to have happened based on what we just saw. Mm, Yeah. That was the thing for me. I love this quote that Carly gave in uh, an interview with Temple. She says, uh, I said to Jimmy really early on that as much as this whole process was about him in my, in my eyes, as much as this whole process was about him in my eyes, it was also about me. I wasn't there to fall in love with The Bachelor. I was there to see if The Bachelor was the person that I wanted to fall in love with. Very cool, Carly. Yeah. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if I'm honest, though, also when I think long term, I'm kind of glad he didn't pick her. I do think there's someone else out there for Carly. Better for her. Yeah. 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 Uh, next week, it's mm. discovery dates, in quotes, according to the voiceover from Osha Ginsberg. <laughs> Uh, hypothetically, the women are organizing the dates. Mm. So we see Holly behind the wheel of a yacht, Jay paddling a canoe, and Brooke settling at a batchy couch by a pool. So, you know, they can organize the date, but there has to be water really nearby. Mm. And then we tease mm. a little bit more info on the famous person in Jay's past mm. when we see her say, quote, he's the Bachelor New Zealand. And in the moment, Jimmy says, is Jay here for me or is she just here to bag herself another bachelor? Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, I rushed. I rushed to the internet. <laughs> I rushed to my phone. <laughs> I rushed to my computer. I did some digging because I hadn't heard about this. Nice. I like to preload up on a bit of info about these people uh, in a very healthy way, obviously. <laughs> um, I did some digging on Thursday night and I discovered a five-year-old picture of Jay on her Instagram pictured with Moses McKay, who would go on to become the 2021 Bachelor of New Zealand. And I can also share that Moses was liking Jay's posts on Instagram between August 2016, sorry, between August 2016 and January 2017. Hmm. Obviously, this was a long time before he actually became the Bachelor of New Zealand. So it seems as though... I'm hypothesizing here that production are just kind of latching onto the juiciest part of this, like naturally as you would. Um, But I get the impression that maybe this isn't going to be such a big deal in the context of the next episode, unless they decide Mm. to really blow it up. Mm. Um, Unless she also dated a different New Zealand bachelor that we don't know about. (gasps) (laughs) Could be. Yeah. I don't Uh, understand if it's if he wasn't in the public eye when she dated him, I don't understand why. Oh, well, the, the the difference with Moses is that he is an opera singer. He's like okay. a quite internationally right. well-known ah. opera singer. He's like a, okay. he's like a, he's like, I don't want to say he's on Andre Ria's level, but like okay. he would, you know, be on a CD that sits on the same 
like Nan's shelf. You okay. know what I mean? You're like, right. Okay. How interesting. Okay. He's so part he, of a right. group. I forget what they're called, but like, yeah, he's he's well known outside of Bachelor as well. Okay. So he mm-hmm. he did have a public presence then. Because I, yeah, I guess in my mind, I just automatically assumed that he was plucked from obscurity to be the Bachelor. So I was like, that's not relevant. Yeah. Right, different right. ex boyfriend. But if he did have some kind of a following, that's fair. Yeah. And I, I, that that feels to me like the more pressing part, I guess, if part of it does. You know, if any of it lines up with this reading of Jay as somebody who is just trying to get famous or whatever, mm. then mm. the fact that he was Bachelor many years later isn't that relevant. No. They're just jumping onto it because it sounds better well, and it yeah. builds the franchise. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's not her fault. Like if he then yeah. was the Bachelor a long time after that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people I dated in my youth ended up being the Bachelor or Bachelorette. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's happening next week is the bloody finale. They didn't even mention it in the like next time on. Mm. Oh, wow. Feels like a big deal. It, well, yeah. It kind of does. Yeah. Do we want to put in our final like picks based on what we've seen so far? I mean, low stakes doesn't matter. Yeah. Holly and Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. A tie. <laughs> oh no! I just mean like um, they are the finalists. Yeah. Okay. And then it- yeah. He'll pick Holly, I think. I think maybe too, but I also think it's going to be really interesting when Holly meets his family again, considering yeah, for sure. considering what happened as when she was like the one that was flagged as potentially not the choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he really does seem close to his family. He does bring that up a lot and he did. True. So I don't know if that would actually be a major concern or not. Mm-hmm. Mm. For me, I feel like the final two will be uh, Holly and Jay, and I think Holly will take it. But I'm not really excited okay. about the prospect. Um, Holly just feels like she has avoided a lot of the everything, mm. <laughs> really. She's just kind of like floating by, and yeah. their Even lifestyles feel like they will line up pretty well and stuff. Yeah, which is weird that she's been floating by considering how much it's been obvious that some girls haven't liked her. Yeah, mm, it's totally. True. Yeah. Which kind of makes you think maybe it's the edit kind of thing. Right. They don't want to show that negative mm. side of her because she yeah. might end up winning. I mean, yeah, it's it's mm. pretty hard to say. And yeah. we always have fun doing this and then releasing yeah. an episode. And then a day or two later, we find out we're wrong. Oops. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I could see it going in any direction. I, I really think if, it's, if he's not going to pick Brooke, it's like super shitty that he let her come back and let all of this happen. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and whoever it is that does end up winning that isn't Brooke, they're going to have some serious conversations about him and Brooke, mm. you know? Because there's so mm. much quite visible chemistry there that he is, like, fanning the flames of. Yeah. Yeah, that's see, right. that's much worse than her being like, you kissed a girl at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right, yeah. Right? What he's doing with Brooke is a lot more. You flew me back from my grandpa's funeral <laughs> to lead me on for another week and then yeah. send me home. When I was kept telling you, like, the, to her credit, she's basically telling him that she is not super stable. Yeah. True. yeah. All the time. And also, like, I find it so interesting that she keeps telling him that she's not independent. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Like, it's kind of almost strange to be reassuring him so much. Like I'm not independent at all, not even a little bit, but also like, I'm like, that's kind of good that she has that self-awareness and maybe she doesn't strive to be independent and that's fine if she doesn't. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but yeah, she's kind of constantly being like, I'm very vulnerable. And it's like, don't do that to her if she's not the winner. 
Mm. Unless like he's been given some advice that's like the woman who presents the most vulnerability is the person who you want to pick or something. Like there's yeah. a there's a chance that that's the framing device that he's using because mm. sometimes you get that is the way that you can tell uh who's there for the right reasons or who, you know, who is taking the most seriously or who wants the most out of it or whatever. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of um that the 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 pilot in America. Oh and yeah. Like any pilot woman that Pete. cried like got a rose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Pilot Pete. I was hoping to rewatch his whole season before we started this one, and I did not find time to do it. But wow. I just feel like, weirdly, I mean, obviously, the only similarity on surface level is the fact that they're both pilots, <laughs> but I feel like there are some overlaps there. Mm. Um, yeah, I, mean, I see that. But then now all I can think about is, aren't the wings of love? She <laughs> <laughs> was one of my favorite seasons, too, actually, Jake Pavelka. Mm. Good times. I mean, actually, horrible times when you rewatch kind of it. Rough like the best times. Yeah. Kind of rough times. Yeah. Yeah, they did horrible. <laughs> and the producers really definitely, no shame back in the day. They're just like brutal. The edits mm-hmm. were horrible, sad times, but also entertaining times. Mm. Well, beyond the entertainment that we find on our television screens, there is also another pocket-sized device that we find on our person almost daily in this day and age called the mobile telephone and one of our favorite apps to click on that phone is instagram <laughs> we are of course talking about the instagram gains top story this week we need a jingle top story is we need a jingle uh this week saw the biggest single week spike from any player in season nine including jimmy nicholson himself Week six, first place in gains goes, of course, to the great Carly Hodges, whose tragic and shocking departure led a gargantuan 5,002 Instagram users to follow her page this week. Oh, good for her. This number Mm. continues to climb rapidly as she does the post-show media rounds and word spreads throughout the land. (laughs) (laughs) In second place is Holly with a very respectable 3,891 Followed by Jay with 1,705, with Lily just behind with 1,696. Jimmy Nicholson, our bachelor this week, gained 2,048 followers, nestling comfortably in between Holly and Jay, like I imagine he's been doing in his imagination and dreams (laughs) during the filming of this show. That's what he thought was going to happen at the tent. Right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The overall rankings reflect this change. So Holly is still on top with 12,596 new followers since pre-season. Carly has now claimed the silver medal with 8,540 new followers, with Jay nudged down to third place with 7,728 since pre-season. I can confirm that Australian musical comedy trio Tripod who we mentioned last week on the podcast, have stayed strong at 1,613 followers since we published our episode, not changing at all, proving once and for all that the BOH bump works best if you actually remember to mention their Instagram handle. That's what it was. was Yeah, we fucked up. That's a shame. Um, We're also seeing some more drops this week. Uh, BOH listener and future guest Chanel lost followers for the first time this week Mm. with five presumably non-BOH listeners jumping ship. Rude. (sighs) Shame on you. Uh, Well, they're not hearing this, obviously. Um, (laughs) Tatum, Tamlin, and Rebecca 
all experience their first follower count drops as well, with each of them losing nine fans. I assume it's the same nine people all going, fuck all this. (laughs) (laughs) And then sadly, there's Osher Ginsberg, whose massive follower base continues to bleed out a little more each week. This week, 83 followers abandoned the host. And unless a surge of masked singer fans come to his aid, his proudly displayed 150K follower count may be in jeopardy as his total is sitting at 150,100 right now. Fascinating. Can I also just, I love the um, graphs and everything. So for those of you who do not know, head over to the Facebook page. (laughs) Uh, Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting. Correct. Yeah, done of course. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, I do. I was going to comment, but this is so much better if I can just say this on the pod that um, I did look. It took me a long time <laughs> to look <laughs> at it. I was like, I need to know that because uh, you've got graphs on there for every episode of every season. The viewers. Oh yeah. And there definitely was a dip in viewers both times I was eliminated. After I was eliminated. Oh. I was like, yes. I can give you those numbers if you want them. I've got it all here in the spreadsheet. But if I read the graph wrong, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> we call that the journey backwards bump, to be honest with you. It's like right. people, the people in, well, like the, the seven people are not interested. No, it's mm. probably, I don't know. I don't think seven would affect it. But I was like, yes, it does go down. I mean, it's also. Sucked in. Sucks to be down. us next week when you are not the guest <laughs> on our podcast <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, that does bring us to. The end of yet another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Janie Burks, thank you so much for being here. What a pleasure. What a treat. We love you, Janie. Thank you for being here. Made my dreams come true again. Thank you, guys. You're welcome back anytime. On Instagram at little Janie, dangerous, dangerous with a J, Janie with also a J. (laughs) Correct. Correct. (laughs) Janie, thank you so much. We will speak to you soon. Uh, Yes, I will be there. Thank you, guys. Bye. We love you. Talk love soon. You. Bye. Talk soon. Well, Xavier. Well, Maxie. How about that? Oh, look. That was a banger. What another episode. What another episode. Surely mm. an entire episode. A whole one that we recorded. Yeah. From start to finish, we were recording. Actually, let me check. Hang on. Yep. Yep. Got it all. Crushed it. Got it all. Really well done. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm. Um, look, listeners, we uh, did in fact come here to make friends. That is very true. We love doing so here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. If you would like to be friends with us, the best way to do it, as Janie just told you, stop on by the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at B-O-H pod. Xavier uh, is over at Xavier R-N. You can find me at Max Quinn. I don't know that there's too much to say for the rest of this episode. What else have you got cooking? I have one thing I really want to tell you. I mean, Let's honestly, there's a couple of things I need to get off the top of my hat. Okay. All right. All right. It's not a phrase at all. Uh, get it off the top of your hat, baby. Okay. First things first, I want to shout out to the Xavier heads. Thank you all mm. so much for the love, support, the kindness, the good vibes, the energy, the radiation. The I have radiation sickness. I am in need of serious help. Um, thank you to the Zave heads. Um, but another thing I wanted to say is Maxwell. Mm. Earlier in the week, I mm-hmm. came to your humble abode. I stopped mm-hmm. by BOH residence number two. What would you call it? Headquarters? <laughs> hindquarters? Yeah, hindquarters, I think. And I dropped off an important care package. Let me be right back. Yes. 
Listeners, I am holding it in my hands. You can hear it. This is what it sounds like. It is wrapped. It is a cardboard rectangle. Mm -hmm. It is a a care package from uh, your beloved co-host, Xavier RN. Okay. I saw this product available for sale. You know what? That's not even true. I saw that this product was soon to become available for sale on Mm. the internet worldwide web. And I Mm -hmm. thought... I need my dear friend Maxwell, co-host of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, to own this. And okay. I also need to own this myself. Okay, so do you have a copy of whatever this is? I have whatever this is next to me on this desk. I will not show you because I have unwrapped mine. Okay. Um, but I would like for you to open it and let me know what you see, uh, listeners. Oh, goodness. It is uh, very relevant to your interests. Okay. This... Okay. It's a somewhat complicated sort of pizza box style. <laughs> okay. So, so what do we got? <laughs> this is a book. Mm-hmm. It is a book. It is a book. Um, it features a, a small nude boy mm-hmm. on the cover. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it is called The Adventures of Willie and His Sunburned Bum. That's correct. And why, and listeners, why do you wondering... suggest I might have purchased copies of my uh, of this for yourself and myself? Well, the author's AV is Tara Pavlovic Shepherdson, who has worked in childcare for who has worked in childcare for over twelve years and is passionate about kids and creativity. She knows kids don't like wearing sunscreen and hats, but also how important it is. Tara wanted to write a book on sun safety that would actually appeal to children and get a strong message across that they would listen to and remember. This is how the adventures of Willie came about. Now, Tara Pavlovic. You may remember her, you might remember. of course, from <laughs> The Bachelor Season 5 with Maddie Johnson and from Bachelor in Paradise, I want to say, Season 1? Yes. Well, Tara got engaged to Sam at the end of the season. Um, that... Uh, it didn't work out, but I tell you what did work out, uh, her career as a uh, children's book writer. So this book has just been released. And in fact, I think I got it on pre-sale. So you may not be able to find it in your local bookshop just yet. And I believe like we haven't advised Tara of our intention to talk about this or anything. I don't think for copyright reasons we can read the contents of this book to you. Um, Certainly not. But I can vouch for it being a book. And it's for kids. <laughs> it's got some very, look, I mean, the pages aren't numbered, but if you're looking at the same thing, I am some pretty detailed drawings. Yeah, we're holding up the same page. <laughs> Can we screenshot this? This is great. Yeah, um, some very okay. detailed, I got it. We got some very detailed pictures of a child's naked bottom. <laughs> this, this is a lot. They continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty going on here. It has got a great lesson. I would encourage people. I don't want to make fun of this at all. Um, yeah. Did you also get a, a bookmark or a little postcard or anything in your package? Um, there is no bookmark in my package, okay. but that is um, quite all right. I'm, I can give you mine if you want. It's just a beautiful picture of Tara holding up the book. And she says, Oh, that's great. Good for her. Thank you for your support and for helping out, uh, helping our next generation learn about the importance of sun safety. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to celebrate this. This is a this is a non-sponsored, you know, it's basically a news item that we've buried at the end of the episode. But uh, you know, Tara, somewhat complicated figure in the uh, in the annals of uh, uh, Bachelor history, I suppose. But sure. uh, 
uh, you know, this is uh, certainly if you want to buy a book with a naked little boy in it, you could do a lot worse. <laughs> and I'm so un- upset that she has published this book before she can put that on the front cover. Little quote mm-hmm. from the Bachelor of Arts podcast. <laughs> if you want to buy a book, oh boy, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. And I bought two of them, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there you oh, have good. it. Um, I hope you enjoy that. I will be adding it to my uh, steadily but slowly growing Bachelor of Hearts library that also includes the Honey Badger book that you gave me, two copies mm-hmm. of Angie's book. Uh, what else? There's the book Megan Marks wrote, which is like a thinly veiled fictionalized version of her time on The Bachelor. A um, lot of good stuff. I've lost my Osha Ginsberg book. I should replace that. The four... Um, the four novels oh okay yeah so this is the four mills and boone um that's right pre-existing books that had been rebranded with ali and her like the photo shoot date from ali's season one of them one of them is in the hands of a beloved boh listener i generously uh allowed it to uh slip out of the library and now um look if that person is listening and they're done with it let me know because the library does take returns um, but if, if you're still enjoying having that copy, then, um, please, uh, let it you continue to have, yeah, it. let it, let it give you life and love as it has for mm-hmm. me for many mm-hmm. years. On that note, listeners, I think that that is going to do it for yet another episode. Absolutely. Xavier, have fun. Uh, yeah. What a, what a great time, Max. Thank you. 10 for out being, of 10 fun. Thank you for being here with me. Um, and look, uh, all I can say is that, uh, frankly, I love you. We. Love you. Listeners, Listeners. we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Running out of time. Making us turn what's before me. Searching for a sign to lead me to the end of the world. I know we found love. Following my heart so blindly. Hoping that this path will lead me to the end of the world. Music to my ears From the first moment you entered my life